Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. You look nervous. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Only let go of me. I think you're worth on my neck, me. That is why the warriors have come! I'll be back to have vengeance! Throw me a freaking bone here. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Hello, kitties! You may fire when ready. In the red corner, standing six foot two inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds, is the Eclectic Collective! No Nick Chopek. Why do they call him No Nick? I guess because his chins took over. Let's get him to tell us a story. Mr. Chopek, will you tell us a story? Hey there, kiddos. I'm not really in the mood to tell a story. How about a joke? Okay, okay sure. sure. Why did the boat-legged cowboy get fired? Because he couldn't keep his calves together. <laughs> Why ain't y'all laughing? That was funny. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that the joke? Yeah, you got another one. Uh, okay, okay. How about this one? Why did the cowboy get a wiener dog? Because he wanted to get a long little doggy. <laughs> that, that was awful. awful. Tell, Tell us, us a story. story. You ungrateful little... <clears throat> okay, Fine, here's a short little story called The Cowboy and the Native. A long time ago in the Midwest, a cowboy is riding a silver steed and comes across a saloon. He walks into the saloon. He gives everyone the stare down. He calmly walks up to the bar and says, Give me a beer. As he gulps down his beer, he walks back out to his horse, but the horse wasn't there. He walks back into the saloon, and he throws his gun up into the air and fires to the ceiling. Which one of you low down? Sidewinders stole my steed. I'm gonna go up to the bar and have another beer. By the time I'm done, my horse better be outside or I'm gonna have to do what I did in Tennessee. And you don't want me to do that. Trust me. He finishes his beer and goes outside and there was his horse. He gets on it and the bartender runs outside to ask. Hey there, cowpoke. What happened in Tennessee? I walked home. The cowboy rides west in search for a place to start a home. When he comes across a native 
lying flat on the ground with another guy staring at him. He gets off his horse and walks right up. You see that native? He's listening to the ground for things miles away. Covered wagon, that way. Two horses, man, woman, and children with machine in the back. Well, that there's incredible. He knows what direction they went and every detail on the wagon. Now that is talent right there. Yes, ran over me half hour ago. I got nothing there. Y'all have a nice evening now. Hey there, friend. Sorry about that. Let me help you up. The name is Brent Westwood. And I am heading west to find a home. Would you like to join? Sure! The end. Wasn't that nice? A tale of two unlikely people becoming friends in difficult times. Was that the end? That wasn't a story, that was a fat sack of nothing. Yeah, I've heard better stories come out of a burning bag of poop. Listen, you butt sniffers. I'm not here to tell you stories. I'm here to do a job and make a difference in this world. So if you don't mind, I'm going to get back to it. Welcome to Walmart. Hello, and welcome back to the Collective Collective Show. And when Clint Eastwood asks you if you feel lucky, you should be halfway up the street running for your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. I'm Jim. And uh, we are the podcast that gives an eclectic view and eclectic topics very eclectively. <laughs> what you think? How many times can you say it? <laughs> we, know, uh, we know that Mr. Eastwood is very political, <clears throat> but we are not going to touch the politics with a 10-foot pole because we want to escape the political and world realities to Nerdtopia, the home of all things nerdy and eclectically fun. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Our discussion, if you don't know already, is about the legendary Clint Eastwood, actor and director, and uh, certain areas of his life and career. But first, we're going to start with announcements. We're going to start with Jim with sports. Yeah, this uh, recent weeks in uh, sports, um, MLB news from yesterday, Chris Davis of the Oakland A's launched a solo homer off of Minnesota starter Cole Stewart to give the A's a 1-0 lead in their series opener. Mm. Uh, it was Davis's 39th homer of the season, giving him the major league lead. That's good for um, Oakland, man, because, yeah. you know, such a poor team, they can't afford anybody to be doing so good. I know. Mm-hmm. According to StatCast, that homer traveled 396 feet. Holy cow. See ya! This past (laughs) week in uh, wrestling, uh, we just finished up the uh, uh, big SummerSlam and NXT weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, Kyrie Sane beat Shayna Baszler to become the NXT Women's Champ at TakeOver Brooklyn. Um, At SummerSlam... um, uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, this was at uh, NXT TakeOver as well. Ricochet beat Adam Cole to yeah, become the NXT to North American belt, champ. Man. And then on, on his way. Yeah, he's on his way. Oh, dude, he's going to be such He'll a He'll be star. in the big show soon. Oh, yeah. dude, he's like, going to be a yeah, huge star. And he's going to be the best thing to be in WWE. Oh, ever. my gosh. He's such a showman. Yeah. I mean, so athletic and acrobatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, my gosh, he's going to go crazy. 
Um, I wasn't too happy about this, but uh, on SmackDown this week, the New Day defeated the the Bludgeon Brothers to become the Smack the five time SmackDown Tag Team oh, Champions. Lord. Yeah, I figured that was coming since one of them's injured. <laughs> one boring yeah. tag team beat another boring tag team in some sort of end. No, I like I like the well, I can't stand the New Day, but I no. like the idea of Not the Bludgeon Brothers because they're an actual tag team. Uh, they're not individuals. Yeah. And um, they've got a great gimmick, but I think they're missing out on a huge opportunity. I think they need to start. I think they should bring up War Machine up from NXT quick yeah. and work an angle between the Bludgeon Brothers and War Machine mm-hmm. uh, for WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, yeah man. I think that should be a tag team title match. Yeah, all the tag teams are in NXT. It's like yeah. they're holding the gun on that. Like I don't get we it. We need them in WWE. The new era. I mean, the new era, dude. Yeah. I mean, those guys are fantastic. Yeah. And that's a, they're going to be a fan. They could be a great tag team. Yeah. I don't know why they're not bringing them up, but anyway. Um, that was all I got in uh, wrestling this week. Uh, in NFL news this week, um, a team we follow pretty closely, the Redskins, this this week signed Adrian Peterson to a one-year deal. Which I'm still confused. And about. we're all kind of confused about it. But as you know, as we speak right now, um, uh, the Redskins are playing the Broncos, and they're supposed to be playing P- Adrian Peterson tonight. Now, interesting. Interesting to see the highlights, to see how Adrian does. Um in 2012, Peterson became the sixth fastest player to reach 8,000 rushing yards. Yeah. Um, I mean, his time in Minnesota, oh, yeah. he was he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. Um, he did run into some legal trouble in 2014, but he came back into the season in 2015. And uh, he uh, in 2017, he signed a two-year contract with uh, New Orleans, but then got traded off. Um, and he has he has ever since all that went down he hasn't really done very well. Well, so. I heard that one little stint in New York, New Orleans hurt his stats because the the amount of time they played him there and everything he only averaged like three point five yards a yeah, carry. Well, they and traded him off to Arizona, him. and Arizona didn't utilize him as much. Yeah, so that's that whole season kind of really. But that's why Redskins got him so cheap. Like they only got what they only spent oh, they like only a million, spent a million dollars, million. right? Yeah, but they're all iffy. But here's the thing, though, guys. I think that we, we in our sports episodes we've touched on this. I think that's the way they should do all NFL contracts. I yeah. think they should be year to year. Yeah. I mean, and if you do great this year, the next year's contract is going to be lucrative for you. Yeah. If you suck this year, next year's contract's not going to be as yeah. good. So, Josh, if you're listening, I need you to draft Adrian Peterson first in our fantasy draft. <laughs> Uh, one more thing in sports this week that I found very interesting, um, kind of eclectic. Um, drones are becoming an increasing issue in the NFL. Um, recently in an interview with Mike Tomlin, the coach of the Steelers, um, he was asked about a large tarp-like object that was erected to block out their outdoor practices. He tried to remain silent about it, but when pushed, he suggested it was a pre- preventative measure against flying machines. Mm. And this is not the uh, this is just becoming an increasing issue where uh, teams are using drones to spy on other teams uh, oh, to learn to learn more about them. This is not <clears> the first <throat> time it's happened. <coughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, but uh, I just thought that was a really interesting subject. That's come. That's this past week has come up even more. Yeah. yeah. Is drones being used to spy on other things. That's ridiculous. Crazy. But that's all I got. That's sports. too much effort, that if is. you ask me, like, to, you know, have it. And then when, like, uh, like I heard a lot of people are carrying, you know, carrying more. And when they see the drones, yeah. regardless, yeah. they're using them as, like, target practice. Oh, yeah. 
Like even in neighborhoods, yeah. Like you'll be flying a drone, and somebody <laughs> in their backyard will shoot the drone Start down. Shoot down. It. You know, just to be like, oh, mm, tsh, boom. You well, know. I mean, you, know, you got to think about it. It's, I mean, in some instances, they're using it as an invasion on somebody else's privacy. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want you filming me with your drone. No, would, yeah. Would you do that? that? Would if, would you shoot down a drone? Absolutely, if you saw I would down? in a heartbeat. I mean, but would you if it wasn't technically over your house in a heartbeat? You would if shoot I it down. If I see it and it looks like it's anywhere remotely trying to record me, it's yeah. invading my privacy. Yeah. I will take it out. Mm. Well, how about you, Ryan? You got entertainment news this week? Yeah, I guess the big news this week: Big Bang Theory is finally coming to an end after season twelve, which is this season. Yep. Um, the cast and crew have been pretty vocal about it. Seems like everybody's pretty much on the same page. Yeah. Remember, they said at first uh, that the reason that they were ending it is because Jim Parsons was ready to leave. But I think they were just—it's twelve season. It's time. Oh, it's it's time. You know, it, it's good that you. Okay, so ratings. I, I don't know if you saw this part. Ratings on their syndicate in syndication yeah. is like 20% higher than the actual live, you know, it's new shows. The older shows are better. Well, you know, but, yeah. it, but everybody's, you know, everybody's toward, you know, like you said, it, it, it was better and they were more fo- focused on the nerd part. Now yeah. it's like watching 90210 with a little bit of comedy. It's like yeah. they're focusing on all the reality parts <coughs> and, it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like trying to become the new age friends almost. Yeah, yeah I don't think know. I've watched an episode past season seven, eight. Well, what got me in that show was when you showed me the episode <laughs> oh, yeah. when they were do, uh, dressing up as the Justice League. That was yeah. so awesome. and that was, oh, that was a great episode. episode. That's the thing. Yeah, I agree with Matt. Like, they kind of got away from the nerdy part of it. Yeah, and but yeah. Once they got to once they uh once they finally got together the two once once all everybody got within a couple. couple yeah. yeah. It, it just went from couple to away. couple to couple to couple and that's what made yeah. it seem like friends yeah. to me almost. So let's get within a few more things. Uh Ben Affleck, the Batman has checked himself into rehab again. Go for which it. Which is just I don't know. Jennifer Garner supposedly drove him there. I I hope. I don't know how that's going to affect. The I Batman. think I think Warner Brothers drove him there <laughs> yeah. with all this artistic, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. discrepancies. All right, oh. here's another one for you, Matt. So projected to take the box office this weekend again is uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Just, Why? I don't get it. Do and, you know what it's at now? And, is it uh, high now? Do you know how much? What's money the total box office? Let me look real quick. I should have had that up. I know now. That was another thing. They are already planning a sequel. Okay. To this of course they are. They, uh, yeah, it took number one last week. What it made last weekend when it beat the Meg was thirty-five point two million dollars. Oh lord. So we're looking at a sequel of that, and also finally the last thing that I want to touch on. This past week was the MTV Music Awards. Still proves how bad music is today, and nobody watches it. Because I didn't even know it was on until it I didn't fled either. my... I gotta be honest, I didn't know it was still around. Yeah. Apparently that and the movie awards are still around, which I didn't even know that. Oh. But I mean, you know, music today, the MTV Music Awards, it used to be fun in the day whenever the Smashing Pumpkins yeah. and yeah. Stone Temple Pilots and all them were on and, there, but now... And Mike Myers mm-hmm. or somebody yeah. would host yeah. it. But now it's like... Who's on there? Exactly. Yeah. That's all I got this week for entertainment. Hopefully in the next few weeks I'll have something also better. Uh, well, I got a couple things uh, for uh, comic book and video game people. Um, Marvel finally bought back the rights to Con- Conan the Barbarian Ooh, uh, nice. this past week. Uh, so now... 
There will be a new series. They're working on a new series. Uh, they're trying to get an illustrator for it. Um, it'll be out either late this fall or next spring, which will be great. And, you know, even, you know, with movies, maybe, you know, having full rights to it. Maybe a reboot. You know, maybe a reboot, a better reboot in the future. Um, also, comic book legend and illustrator Russ Heath passed away at 91. Uh, he worked on the Our Army at War series for DC. Um, he got really big with Two Gun Kid and GI Combat. Um, he, uh, you know, he's worked with the greats. You know, Jack Kirby. He's worked with Stan Lee and all them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rest in peace. And the last thing I have is Destiny Two is about to release their biggest DLC ever in history, which I personally hope. It reignites the fire uh, for uh, Bungie to start, you know, <laughs> concentrating on their games again. Because yeah. you know, Destiny. I played Destiny since one, and they've gotten so boring. Um, and I have a question: Do y'all have an app or a game on your phone that you are addicted to? It changes, man, with the season. I yeah, mean, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's always a, a game or something that I'm addicted to right now. Yeah, currently bricks and balls. Bricks and balls. Yeah, I'm on level 137. <laughs> currently, anybody wants to challenge. Currently, mine is space shooter. It's a very, it's a very generic. It's almost like a generic, um, oh, space invader yeah. type game. Yeah. But it's a new age take on it. Yeah. But that's my current addiction. Well, I'm into the Hogwarts mystery game. That's like my that's like my uh, toilet game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Currently in my switch is between the bricks and balls and something called Sling Drift. Sling Drift. Yeah. So, How about you, Ryan? You got an app or game? You know, I think the last game I played was that tap baseball that me and you played. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really get on mine. It's I'm the I'm your Typical that complains about social media, but I'm on it 24 yeah. seven. So. Yeah, but I can admit that. So <laughs> I also just learned that people get paid to chew on recording. What <laughs> sweet jeebus is going on with that? Yeah. Like why? That is the most it's, disgusting thing I've ever heard in my it, life. It's come around and it's a trend in the fetish world. You what? ever sit next to someone and they're chewing so loud you want to punch them in the face? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's like annoying. I want to tackle them across the I, table. I throw something at my son when he does it. And when I can hear him smacking his lips across the table, I'll throw a na- napkin or <laughs> oh, a spoon know, that, at him. That there it's it goes further than just the chewing thing. There is now it's gotten it, it's gotten more light to it now. Um this huge thing about something called ASMR where it's basically that, but they go into further things and, and apparently what that is, it, it's like the only way I could think of it is maybe, maybe one noticeable thing when, when you were a kid and maybe you listened to Bob Ross painting and his soft, sultry voice. Mm-hmm. Like it was yeah. like, uh, you know, he almost made you sleepy. Yeah. Well, it's that same thing. And there's a bunch of people getting like millions of followers and they're just, they have these microphones and they're just crinkling paper, no. tapping on books, Mm-mm. whispering. That's like whisper therapy. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing all this yeah. stuff now. And it's just, just a, you making words funny. I just want to reiterate though, that, the whole cr- the thing that you're talking about the crunching the eating and everything the chewing and stuff like that that's in the fetish world and people dudes are getting turned on by oh my gross. god that's so disgusting it is disgusting mm, if i meet one i don't understand i don't understand, <laughs> I don't yeah, understand it at all that's so, cr- 
So, Ryan, you said yeah, you had two more things. I did. I, you know, I don't know how I missed this, especially since we had an episode about it. James Bond director. Yeah. What's going on with that? Yeah, Looks man. like we're... I didn't read the article. What did he... Did, did you read the article while he I, dropped out? All I kept reading is they had differences. Because he walked away from yeah, it. like yeah. creative differences. And now they're looking at Edgar Wright. My concern Wright. is, are they going to be able to retain Craig for this? Because I wanted Craig to come back and do yeah. one more. Uh, and I was I'm so sorry. excited. $200 million for one movie? Your butt better stay. And do you know... That's going to push the release date back now. Oh, of course. We're going to have to wait longer for it. Well, he's wait, like is, that the the highest, total, is that the total budget? I, no, 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 no. That's, no, that's, that's his salary. salary. is like $200 million for one movie. Ain't nobody in this world worth that much. Good Lord. No, you, you like, leave? They made Star Wars for like $250 yeah, million. Yeah. The total movie. Yeah, total movie. <laughs> so in the last piece of news I just read 24 minutes ago, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is on temporary hold. Uh, Why? Because Gunn was fired yep. and oh, all the actors yeah. all the actors are like on revolting. It looks they like were, it sounds like back. they want him back. Which yeah. I'm on their side. We yeah, all need obviously. to yeah, whenever y'all get a chance yeah, this read is another this. this is another troll instance of yeah. something yeah. that happened decade or more Decades ago. ago. So and, it looks like also crew members Numbering less than 20 have been told they are free to look for other work. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen now with Guardians. Wow. But yeah, so that's they that's better the get that if they If they seriously come back and try to recast that thing, I'm not watching it. No. Well, the only thing, you, okay, one, they they will not recast. No, they, they, they will just it, they'll stop, just doing stop doing it. Guardians. It'll stop it. just let it go. They, because uh, I, I will not watch because it. Because these actors let's, are paid too much. But the, let's think of it right now. I mean, you know. Spoiler alert! If you haven't watched Avengers: Infinity War, <laughs> all but one have go- are gone with the yeah. finger snap. They could literally just yeah. They could you know get Rocket Raccoon back in it, or just let them fade away and be gone forever. Right yeah. now at this point, you know I could see that in a movie too, or in the meeting. You know, it's like you do know I Thanos you right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you really want to mess with me? Well, right the now? thing is, is. Guardians are not a priority because they've already played their part. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of people on social media are hating Chris Pratt because of his the way his character they were screwed everything. You know, like like it was Chris but, Pratt's fault. He's just reading us, you know, yeah, a reading script. a script. But they were using that storyline to bring in Adam Warlock, and I was thankful they were finally trying to get him in there. But yeah. now, if they go away, are we losing Adam Warlock out of this? Now, out of the I, Marvel universe, I, I personally no think. I personally think. I mean, Marvel has had every year planned out for like yes. the 15, 20 years. Yeah, I think you know, Guardians is they were planning on it only because the first two made so much money, and they're yeah. like, "Oh my God, we're, we're going to keep this gravy train going." Yeah, and you know, since James Gunn, James Gunn was fired. And, you know, the actors are kind of like doing their protest. Disney's like, you know, I don't need this headache. We, you know, we Guardians were not vital to the yeah. continuation right. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If they're going to be like this, we'll just scrap it and go a different direction. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'll take... Because it's only the, the main actors that are doing their protest. Right. Everybody right. else right. is like, you know, just tell us what to do. We'll go yeah. into a different movie and do right. our thing. What's crazy is too, um, um, the, uh, you know what? I lost my train of thought. Let's just move, let's just move on. Let's move on. 
All right, so we're going to start with seg- segment one. It's, 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 these are just going to be general questions about Clint Eastwood. All right, let's go. Um, so the first one is, uh, how important do you think Clint Eastwood is to the film industry? And I'm, I want to start with Brian for a specific <laughs> reason. Yeah. Uh, because of course you would. We, we, we don't have the, a Clint Eastwood follower in the room, and it's going to be a very yeah, interesting. So what do you think? Uh, well, it's hard for me to say he's important at all. I mean, he's it's just you're you're talking to a guy here that doesn't follow Clint Eastwood. Uh-huh. I don't follow his work like that. You follow um, more. You you follow more than you think you do. You're just not a big yeah. fan. I mean, I'm I do I know his work? Yes, I'm not a I'm not as big of a fan. Um. Personally, maybe I don't think he's like. I don't even know well, how, how to word this. Do, how important do you think he is to the film industry? I will say, in my own opinion, I just I don't think he's just the top of the list person. But I think he does give a very specific value to an industry that is flooded with continuous same. This, repetitive stuff he does give a little bit of difference it's just not my taste mm-hmm. so it, it's just not something i'm into mm-hmm. you know i can only take so much of that particular low low end long drawn out dialogue with little action in some movies and then it's just all action in the others <laughs> he doesn't really have an in-between for me <laughs> but uh i don't know that's just my opinion i just I mean, does he does he offer something to the industry? Absolutely, he offers a very specific thing to the industry. But I just, I, I'm not really sure. You how don't know what that thing is. I don't That's know what, what that thing is. <laughs> so to sum up, yeah. you're like he does give something, something but I don't know what no, that something, something is. is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he puts in the bowl. <laughs> you know, does he sprinkle some sage? Maybe some thyme? I just don't know what it is. How about you, Jim? What do you think? Um, I think he's imperative to the film industry. I mean, he's a pop culture icon. I mean, he's he's had a six-decade career. Um, I mean, ever since he debuted as Rowdy Yates in Rawhide. Rawhide. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, of course, I wasn't alive when that debuted, but yeah. I do remember watching Rawhide in syndication when I was young and growing up, and uh, Mimi had Rawhide on <laughs> a lot in, in her house. Um, you know, man, I never watched Rawhide. Really, you're not missing yeah. anything. Um, but I, mean, I, I, I was made. I was made to. No, <laughs> as we as we're gonna go through this, I'm not a huge fan of Clint Eastwood's older westerns. Yeah, nah. pretty almost everything else. I'm a fan, I'm a huge fan of. But so I'm do just you think he, how 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 important he, is he to the film industry today, do you think? I mean, I think he's more imperative today than he's ever been because um, uh, because of the, the direction, his direction, yeah. um, the way his writing. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's uh, he brings uh, a realness uh, to the, the Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, just the way he does things. Yeah. His, his, his outlook, uh, the way he approaches things, his movies, yeah. Um, he does things his way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that uh, that's something. In my opinion, it's important because you don't get a whole lot of real yeah. in oh, Hollywood, definitely. Yeah. And I think he is a drop of real that is in, incredibly important to yeah. keep in Hollywood. Oh, I agree. 
What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think he's very key in Hollywood even today. I think he's the last, in my opinion, I know some people might disagree, but I think he's really the last Hollywood tough guy still. Yeah. I mean, you know, whenever people would grow up, like my dad in the 50s and 60s, they had other people, Robert Mitchell and this Mm -hmm. and that. But, I mean, if you think about it, the only person I can ever think of as being the Hollywood tough guy, even at 88 years old, is Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not... I'm more of a fan of his directing. Yeah. I think that even though he's 88 years old, I think if you see that he's directing or writing a movie, it's still going to sell out in the theaters. I think it's going to be a box office hit. Yeah. And you're looking at Oscar nominations. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I just think that he's just very important to the film industry, what, what it is. What's crazy is as of 2017, he has acted or directed one movie a year yeah. for the past 53 years. Yeah, he's in his 90s. He's kind of yeah. slowed down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? there. I mean, that's just crazy. But see, like Jim, like my dad grew up with his westerns, as I'm sure everybody we know here, but <laughs> I didn't really fall in love with Clint Eastwood, and I'll get into that later until Unforgiven. Yeah. I mean, that... Well, i tell you why I think he was mm-hmm. very important or is very important is he would he is one of the directors that isn't afraid to push the boundaries of what's shown in movies. That's, he doesn't sugarcoat it. The realness. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He'll show you and he'll show you little things that like that that, that don't have anything to do He's with not afraid of backlash. Story. Yes. Yeah. He'll show yeah. you something that that would have really happened in that time period. Mm-hmm. And yep. Uh, you know something really controversial and like the w- one of the things that I can think of is in Million Dollar Baby when she gets sucker punched and she hits the thing and then she goes paralyzed you know in other movies before they would have like softened the blow of how she you know got oh, yeah. paralyzed they would yeah. you know the, or, it, it, or it would have been uh, a comeback story of some sort yes. with a happy ending a happy ending and that's you know he gets no, real with it he, he gets yeah. real everything everything he does you know the with his he he focuses on drama which is you know i wish he would you know branch out but yeah. um you know with that drama he's going to make it dramatic and he will fight tooth and nail that's why he has his own production company and he invests invests in his own movies is you know working with big production companies you know he, he he's even said like i've tried be, being reasonable but you know i it doesn't work for me. Right. So, yep. you know, and he doesn't care. He's going to do it his way. And that's why people look at him in Oscar nominations and the movie wouldn't even be out. And yeah. they would be like, Oh, well, this is going to be an Oscar nominated mm-hmm. movie. I mean, that example for what you're saying, American sniper. Yeah. Like all we did was see a trailer for that. And everybody was always like, well, that'll be an Oscar nominated. Yeah. I think as soon as they heard what it was about, they were like, yeah, that's an Oscar nominated. Yeah, I agree movie. With, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. On top of that too, is when you're talking about, he's not afraid of backlash. American sniper is one of the true forms of that. Cause as soon as he was going to do that, which is a true story, his own, the, the person who they were portraying, that person's father sent a fairly strict letter to Clint Eastwood yeah. telling him if you, demean my child in any way other than a hero i'm coming after you and he was like <laughs> try it punk yeah <laughs> i don't well, think going to show it how the truth he didn't really yeah. say that he gave he gave the father his respect but he was like dude have you seen what i've done yeah, calm yourself down. calm yourself down i don't think anybody will ever match both the length and quality of his career mm-hmm I mean, from his acting and to his directing mm-hmm. and how long he's been doing it. Yeah. And I mean, let's you know be honest. I'm not going to say that everything he did was a home run, 
but um, I would say that the higher percentage yeah. uh, were home runs. Yeah. Especially later on, like Especially you later know, on. late late seventies mm-hmm. to now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So would you would y'all say he's a better actor or director? Director. Yeah, yeah. Director. I, like, I, I think that's his... gonna be all around. Yeah. So I think I think um, I think he has more depth with mm-hmm. his directing than he does with his own acting. Yeah, I think he can get more. He can take a better actors in a great direction. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Than he can him his own with yeah. his own tools. Well, I mean, yeah. like, like but, you said, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, y'all keep. Going. No, just jump in there. Yeah. Jump in. Don't be are. polite, yeah. guys. Yeah. So yeah. Here, polite. here's my thing. Like Jim said, okay, you, I like his directing a lot more. And this is not knocking him. This is not knocking his movies. But he plays the same character in every movie. It seems like yes, a tough guy. But yes, like you said though, think of what he did for Bradley Cooper in American Sniper. Yes, you know Bradley Cooper to me was the Hangover. You know, pretty yeah. boy, whatever. Mm-hmm. And in American Sniper, man, that Bradley Cooper, that he brought a depth, yeah. man. So I mean, yeah, and he that can, was Eastwood bringing that yeah, out of him. He can bring out, like Jim said, the good in an actor. He's yes. a developer. Yes, like he can find, he can take certain actors, like even Morgan Freeman. Yeah, like Morgan Freeman's character, mm-hmm. like he, Clint Eastwood is one of the best character developers because every single movie, yeah. like if you look all the way back to when like uh, Perfect World. You know, with yep. Kevin Costner, yeah. or in the Line of Fire, he that in the Line of Fire was like a, a, a very he what he didn't direct that one, but he was very hands on with that one, mm-hmm. and he you know created these characters. And if you look from then on, every single movie he created at least one character that made that made yeah. the situations or the movie, and he. In, in every story, you know, he, he does screenwriting and everything, and he'll create that one character that you latch on to. And I think that is one of the biggest talents mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood's had in his movies. Yeah, one of the things that I love about him also is like, um, so get this. So, you know, Bradley Cooper, this fall, is bringing A Star is Born back with Lady yeah. Gaga on him. Yeah. Do you know, originally, that was going to be Clint Eastwood directing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he said he couldn't do it any justice, and he's the one that passed it off to Bradley Cooper. Now, there he is. He made him what he was for an actor, in my yeah. opinion. And here he is putting his faith in Bradley Cooper as a director, and I think it's going to be extraordinary. Yeah. The, the previews make it yeah. that look fantastic. It does. Oh it looks fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's an Oscar buzz yeah. movie, yep. and it's not even out yet. Yeah. Uh, is he one of a kind, or do you think he's, uh, as an actor, a- acting... Do you, th- do you think he uh, like his character? Most of his characters, you would say that he's typecasted, yeah. mostly yes. in his movies. He just would, mentioned it earlier. But, he's yeah. got that really one gritty, yeah. down home like I'm, a, I'm the bad guy. Yes, a good bad think, guy. But do you think he that type? It was it is one of a kind, or do you think that it was inspired? Here's by what I think. I think he's one of a kind, but because I think he is so self aware. He decided early on he was only going to do the movies he wanted to do. He was yeah. going to do his yes. movies. Now, he didn't all the movies he's acted in were not ones he wrote, but he never did a movie that he did not want to do. Right. Yeah. Correct. And um, I mean, so you know, most actors out there will just be like, I will take this for a payday. I'll take yeah. this for a payday. I want to get this. But Clint didn't do that. He read the scripts yeah. and did the movies he wanted to do. Yeah. Um and I just, you know, I I think he, he's he's also become one of the most he has become one of the most respected directors, but 
I understand where you're coming from in typecast, but the the problem is he's so self aware. Or the thing is, is he's so self aware. He knows his own tool set, his yeah. own skill set, and he knows where he excels. Yeah, and so he's going to put himself in that role that mm-hmm. where he excels. Now he does do comedy pretty yeah, oh, well yeah. too. Well, you know, serious guys in comedy always make it funnier because they have those yeah. one-liners. Because they'll put that serious one-line yeah. in it and it'll just be a funny situation. Perfect example, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Yes. Like, he is the king of the those quick yeah. Yes, And he he's, is. like, serious in everything he says <laughs> and yep. he you makes know, it hilarious. I might, and you're right about that, Tommy Lee Jones, but I might get backlash from this and just wait till you hear this. <laughs> I truly believe Clint Eastwood is what Clark Gable was in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe that he is as close, even though I haven't really seen much of his movies, he's close to what John Wayne was in the 50s. See, that's what I was going to say. See, I was yeah, going to say he, he may have, I think he may have taken something away from John John Wayne to help himself, to really, to really kind of better himself. But, okay, if I say, if I were to break it down generation-wise, like, you know, where I come from, uh, as a 31-year-old, I would say... God, you're old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I roll. I roll. Uh, but where where I come from, in my generation, he kind of... At least to me, he, even as not a fan, it's easy to say that he is one of a kind because I take it back to those... To the, to the easiest thing, wrestling. If you hear, whoo, who do you know? Rick Flair. Any, Rick, Flair. Rick Flair. So for at the same time, if anybody didn't watch a single film, didn't do anything, if you hear, do you feel lucky, punk? Who do you think that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That right there alone, I think, speaks to how he is one of a kind in Hollywood's generation, whether you're a fan or not. I See, I see it differently because quotes are always – Always one that's of the kind. That's right. Yeah, that's writing. I would say, well, it, you could write anything down. I yeah, mean, he, but he gave it what it was. I can go. Do you feel lucky, punk? Do you? But he was. He gave it its thing. But if you think about it, it's been used in so many other movies, and everybody knows where it comes from. But it not necessarily because Clint Eastwood said it. I think if uh, I think if uh, Magnum PI, Tom Selleck. Yeah, Tom Selleck. I think if Tom Selleck was young <laughs> enough to be in that. And had said the same thing, it would have. Everybody would think Tom Selleck. I, I think don't. it was just the the movie. I don't agree with. Character. I don't think Selleck. I agree with that. I, I don't think I, I don't. Think, I think it's the character. I think if the character said it, then it would be a very, nah. uh, a, a very memorable quote. I don't think it was because Clint saying. Eastwood. Yeah. Saying I see. It. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I just disagree. I just. I. I think Clint did I mean I, even so I'm I just while you were saying that I was imagining Tom Selleck in that role and I'm hey, like yeah, I, I just I just picked Tom Selleck off the <laughs> well top you picked of a horrible person and you and should I'm feel bad like, about yourself I just, <laughs> hey don't knock Tom Selleck <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> you respect the stash you respect the stash oh my god yeah. I, I I just think I think I think little things he does is unique like his little his little mm-hmm. eyes squint mm-hmm. and talking out of the side of his mouth type thing and talking like he doesn't move his teeth at all <laughs> you know and like I think those are unique but I think his attitude was inspired because like John Wayne never gave a crap nope he was the center okay. of the universe in every That's room true. he right. walked in okay so I am not a John Wayne fan because I feel John Wayne was not authentic he was just, he was way too Comical and over the top when he was even trying to be serious. Hey, what are you doing over there, Pilgrim? I mean, 
the way he delivered his lines yeah. was just completely idiotic to me. I have watched Clint Eastwood westerns, and uh-huh. I feel Clint brought more authenticity to a western than John Wayne ever could. I don't know, man. John Wayne was it, always aggressive in his movies. He yeah. always worried me. Like. Well, I, I know that I'm going to get backlash <laughs> off of this because John Wayne is the Western icon of yeah. all time. I, I just, I've watched his movies. I watched his war movies uh-huh. and every a lot of stuff he's done. I'm not a fan, and I just thought, thought there was never any authenticity to yeah. what he, or any realism to what he was. He was so one dimensional. Yeah, he did the same. He spoke the same way yeah. and did the same thing. But yeah. see, that's what I'm talking about, and I think that's why Clint Eastwood did the same thing in every movie is because you know John Wayne got away with it, and he is known as one of the toughest, yeah, toughest hombres in this side of Hollywood. <laughs> and you know, you know, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. When yes, you folks, think of Clint, he said that. <laughs> When Clint Eastwood, you think the same thing. You think yeah, the tough guy yeah, thing. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. what that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, like now, see, like yeah. little ways he talks and winks and looks and <laughs> growls and stuff. That's all Clint Eastwood. That my hand wow. flip. My hand flip there. You go, girl. Uh, that's, you go, girl. That's, Ladies that's, and gentlemen, <laughs> joining us now, Mathena Orman. Yeah, I think uh, you know the little things he said did that. That was all Clint Eastwood. But I think his his attitude. In movies was inspired. Preach it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what are some unique characteristics uh, that separate Clint from other actors and directors? Let's just do actors because we're... No, this is general. Let's say actors and directors. What are, what are some unique characteristics that you think separates him from others? I think, um, I think he possesses a great ability to elicit so many emotions from an audience yeah. um, in his directing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, there's so many directors in Hollywood and all of them have their, um, their high spots and their low spots. Yeah. But I think he is just one of the best. I'm going to say at least top four, yeah. top three in and being able to elicit a, just a range of emotion mm-hmm. with his directing and the way, like you were saying before, with the way he develops his characters. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, uh, um, I mean, the way he approaches everything, he even makes his own son audition for movies, yeah. for his movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just you wouldn't see that. In Hollywood, it's always who you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, my son, you know, if it's a Hollywood producer, director, whatever, I'm going to put my wife, my son, my daughter in yeah. this role automatically just because of who they are. That's the perfectionist. That's the him. perfectionist in him. He makes him earn mm-hmm. them. And he's and his son has tried out and not earned roles yep. in yeah. some of his movies. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's well, just... Let's be real. His that son just, is not the Well, guy. you know, there's I read a lot of articles how his son is terrible. And that's the reason why he's not earned roles in a lot of his movies. I didn't Because like, he's real. He, he was my least favorite character in Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Like his character annoyed the crap out of me. But I mean, also too one of, one of the things, one of the unique things I read about him, which you don't read about a lot, is he's he does he does so much of his stuff in one take. Yeah, um, uh, I was reading um, like Ray Charles. Right? He doesn't do he doesn't do storyboards. He doesn't rehearse. Um, he will not change a script after he calls it finished. Um, he doesn't listen to screen testing results because no. he doesn't care. He's going to go in the direction he wants to go in. Mm-hmm. and um, He doesn't I, even holler cut. He just says, okay. Action or cut. Yeah. Um, he, he knows that. <laughs> we even, get it, Clint. <laughs> he, he, know, he knows that even um, 
Uh, he said everybody gets nervous. He said mm-hmm. even on a set with animals, the yeah. animals get nervous when they hear the word action. He's <laughs> that's statistically proven. Uh, and he's so he's like I will. I re, he's like I refuse. Um, he says let's move on. You know, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's kinda, I, I kind of say personally, that's kind of bad though, because then you don't. Did you do good? Did you? Let's move on. That kind of sounds like you sucked <laughs> yeah, in every episode, you, every scene. You need to get some of that emotion so you can understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, he. Uh, is, was that good, good or bad? Or bad? Listen because to this though. Matt Damon asked him for a second take one second take one time. You're fired. And East, <laughs> yeah. Eastwood's reply was why, so we can waste everybody's time. <laughs> wow. Um, You're fired. When they were filming uh, A Perfect World, uh, Kevin Costner was taking his time coming out of his trailer for the shoot. And uh, because of that going on, uh, Eastwood uh, got a double off the set, pulled a double, just somebody random off the set mm-hmm. to do a walkaway scene that uh, Costner was supposed to be filming at that time. He just filled it with a double, <laughs> and Costner got pissed. That's hilarious. I'll teach you next time to so, walk out of your trailer you just, late. That just, it, there's just an authenticity and a realness that yeah. he brings to his way of doing things. I just think is completely hmm. unique. Well, I think everything you said just yeah. like solved the mystery of why there's one movie a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. You got to find you, actors who will actually really deal with that stuff. You really got to want to be yeah. in his movie. Oh, Clint Eastwood, I need about six months to deal yeah. with that. Yeah. I got to get in my head here. So um, I'm going to pass because I'm not a good actor. I suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not, or, or I'm not that good of an yeah. actor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too nervous. I don't want to yeah. deal with him. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, to me... Clint Eastwood. I mean, if it's if I close my eyes right now and a trailer came on, and I heard just a mention, just one word, mm-hmm. I know who it is yeah. automatically. He's just got one of those voices that you know no other actor in Hollywood has. I mean, mm-hmm. people have tried to imitate it, but I mean, he's just a very unique type actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just. There'll never be another Clint Eastwood. Let's just no. say that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, gonna... I don't know. We're going to save that for later because that okay. is a question. Okay. But I kind of disagree. I kind of agree. Kind of okay. disagree. It's like a way thing. <laughs> okay. right. I'm kind of excited to, to hear that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah me too. Uh, I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> He's the next, next Martin Scorsese. The next, next Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, tell you, I tell you one of the things I love about Clint that really separates and how I know it's a Clint Eastwood movie as how he'll have a lot of scenes in his movies where the action is not centered. Now, this is a very technical thing. When you watch the movie, say two people are having a dialogue, they could be on the far right of the screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're like, but the, like, and you'll see the focus might be the building, yep. but they're over here. Yeah. And you know, a oh, lot yeah. of, mov- you know, a lot of movies, they, you know, whoever's talking, that's, that's the, focal, the middle that's of the, the movie. Focal, yeah. And you know, he doesn't make that the focal point. He wants you to get a real, he wants you to see what they're around. Mm. He wants you to see what's on the ground. He wants you to almost smell yeah. what's <laughs> happening in there. Absolutely. And have, what you know the dialogue going yeah, on what? and he'll make the dialogue so important that you know yeah. it's going on but then you get a real <laughs> yeah. so it really turns it turns it turns it around instead of going they're talking they're like oh they're talking in a urinal for some no, exactly right. yeah. Like the, yeah. <laughs> no you're right because I tell you what me and you have seen a lot of movies together we all have seen movies Stuff that he does in movies, if it wasn't him, if it was just some random director, yeah. be like, "This is stupid. Why are we focusing on this?" Yes. Yeah. But with him, yeah, it's a story. Yeah. Like in Unforgiven, that when the casket was on the far right <laughs> and they're going into the thing, and yep. you're like, like, and and there's like nothing else right. going on, yeah. and you're like that. 
the, the casket and the casket's way over here yeah. that is like the creepiest moment <laughs> it's just in that, the movie it's that yeah. build up yes yeah. yep that's that's one thing like his directing his camera work and you know it, you know somebody's holding the camera but he's telling them yeah. I want it's almost like the J.R. Tolkien of <laughs> directing he's like he he wants to describe everything yes. the the feel of the brick the smell of the grass <laughs> the whatever the gas in the sky he wants you to feel it all in one you're scene you're gonna act like the you're rusty hole scene. in yeah. the door as you open it <laughs> what do you what do you think Brian do, do you not you, you don't do you even care about what his director? <laughs> <laughs> do you really want that answer? Do you, do you think there's a, there's do you think there's anything that separates him from someone else? Or there's plenty of stuff that separate him. Now, I personally won't say that. Oh man, there'll never be another Eastwood or anything like that. I mean, I think he's got. It's just me. That's just mm, me. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but uh, I mean, I'll I can give credit where credit is due. He has the ability to push boundaries and. Like you said earlier, when it goes back to he, he's got a real knack for drama. He does. If you say drama, you say Clint Eastwood. He's got the ability to do that. And he also has a really good ability for, I guess, the only way to describe it would be to, like, um, you know, for most part, it's uh, rags to riches or back to rags again or something like that. Or, for instance, the good guy doesn't always win in his films like the yeah. million dollar baby you know that's it, the realism it's the brings, realism yeah. it's like you don't yeah. always win in life he's good at that I'll give him that mm -hmm. but you know I I do personally think there's a good bit of other directors that can probably come up and precede him but I, I do believe he will make a staple his name will be remembered and that's about as far as I can go with that one in a in a 2010 interview <clears throat> Uh, he was talking about, they were talking to him about the movie Hereafter and um, talking about how he approached life and work and everything else. And uh, he quoted a line from that movie and he said, this, this line has had a profound effect on me as a person. And it's been, even without me knowing this line, it's kind of been the way, my mantra for living my life. And the line was, a life that's all about death is not a life worth living. Even mm -hmm. when you're telling a tragedy, it's through a life that you're telling the story. Mm. Wish I'd have heard that when I was Yeah, 15. man. <laughs> yeah, that's he's all about the quotes though. Yeah. He's like deep. if you uh uh, even in movies, there's mm. always like that one line oh, yeah. that you hear. <laughs> oh, like yeah. uh like uh, in the line of fire. Uh oh yeah. Uh, uh he says something like, um, "Whenever is it? Whenever he's talking about it, it won't happen next." Yeah, and he's like, "That won't happen again." Yeah, that won't happen. <laughs> but like Unforgiven, remember he has that one scene at the end with the kid. The kid's <laughs> talking about like you know what he didn't do, and he goes, "I guess we all have it coming." He goes, "We all have it coming, kid." <laughs> <laughs> he could make it iconic. Yeah. Uh, what are some interesting facts about Eastwood that I would like to share? This is my favorite. All right, go now ahead. Now I'm only going to do it. yeah, I'm only going to do a few because Jim usually has the best ones. You and Matt. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jim's and always kinda. got the yeah. mic drop. <laughs> he does. Like, he finds the weirdest. That's why, part. like today, like I was going through facts again. I was like, I'm gonna beat Jim today. I'm gonna have them. <laughs> we shall see. Challenge yeah, accepted. Won't. So I'll have a few. <laughs> uh, I'm listening. He is a jazz <laughs> pianist. I didn't know that. Yep. He was offered the role 
of Al Pacino's part in any given Sunday. Do you yep. know that? No way. Yeah. Yep. No, I sure can't was. see that. No. I can't see that. Al Pacino nope. made that. All right. He was offered the role of James Bond. Yep. In Live and Let Die. I'm Couldn't see it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jim's over here going, yep, I knew that. What's Do next? It. No, I can't see um, He was offered the role of K in Men in Black, the Tommy Lee Jones part. Couldn't see That it. I can see because Tommy Lee and Clint Eastwood, you know, they have that same, like, tough guy presence. Yeah. Tough and, guy, dry humor type yeah, thing. Yeah, and the one-liners. Yeah. Yes, the one-liners. And, you know, K wasn't... You you to be honest that's that's actually interesting because you think about it you could any Tommy yeah. Lee Jones movie you could you put could Clint oh, yeah. in it right pretty in. much I could totally the see him in the fugitive U S Marshals I could no. see him do that I could see it I, I don't think I I'm gonna trump you on that I do not think he could have. I think Tommy Lee made a fugitive and uh, th- that that series of movies his own. U.S. Marshals. So other than that, yes, U.S. Marshals. Marshals. But anyway, <laughs> all right, ahead. Jim, I need you to I need you to listen to this one because maybe <laughs> you know. No, seriously, I'm focus, he, focus. No, he'll know because that's why I wrote this one down. He served as the mayor of uh, Carmel oh, by the uh, Sea, California. That was the weirdest thing for three hundred dollars salary. Nice. Yes, and brought them, and he brought his residents. Okay, I didn't know that much. He personally <laughs> delivered to his residence ice cream. Man, that's the mayor. How know. many people lived in this town? Yeah, <laughs> was it like 27 people? <laughs> like, so the, I don't care if there's 2,700. I knew you would know. That's why cream. I wanted to write that. Yep. So this is my last fact that I thought was cool. In 1985, he was one of three actors to attend the formal state dinner at the White House to welcome Prince Charles and Princess Diana. Do you know who the other two actors were? Mm-mm. Do you, Jim? No, I don't. John Travolta and Tom Selleck. Oh, <laughs> boom! Here's the Tom Selleck the plug. Stash. All right. stash. All right, Jim, do your mic drop. <laughs> Hold on before you do oh, your go mic ahead. drop. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> None of mine have to do with acting, but this was I thought this was pretty cool, though. Um, one, not as cool, but pretty cool. Uh, swimming instructor in the U.S. Army. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, this was pretty cool. His production company name, oh, Malpaso Production, yep. was named from bad advice given by an agent. In a movie he was going to do, his agent said this was a bad step forward for you. It was the Man and, with No Name trilogy. Yes. And bad step. Huh, boy, was he wrong. And bad step in Spanish is Malpaso, which hence Malpaso Productions. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Wow. All right. How about you, Jim? Do you have a mic drop over there? I don't know. You guys will be the deciding <laughs> factor on that. I just, I just find my nuggets and says, throw them out, and spit them into this. the world. You know, you know what his great grandmother's name was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In 1946, so uh, would actually bury Jimmy Hoffa. So uh, he survived an emergency plane water cra- uh, crash landing. Uh, he was fired as a contract player at Universal Pictures because of his looks. That was uh, that was one of mine. I, that that shocked me the most because Universal is huh. like like Clint Eastwood. They've always pushed the boundaries yeah. on yes. movies, yeah. so I don't understand how that uh, happened. He has James Coburn and Charles Bronson to thank for getting the lead role in Fistful of Dollars. Mm, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's like my, one of my favorite. Western so series. the man with no name is a is a tri- is a movie trilogy. Yeah, there's three movies in that the in Dollars that series. Trilogy, yeah. um, he never washed the poncho. He the same poncho Whoa. was designed. <laughs> listen, the same poncho was was made and worn in all three movies. And he said if he washed it, 
it was so brittle it would have fallen apart. So he never washed Ooh. it, and he still has it to this day. Never and it's been washed. Still smells and it, like a um, giant bag of poop. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> I only had two. Uh, one was he's he actually. Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh, 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 oh I'm not done. Uh, oh, I'm man. sorry. I'm you not gotta, done. You got you jumping over there. me. You jumping over me. You kind of had that pause. Were you waiting for? Sorry, was, sorry, man. I'm not, I'm not done. All right, yet. go ahead. Go feed ahead. off the crowd here. He landed the role of uh, Harry Callahan, Dirty Harry, because Frank Sinatra couldn't hold a gun. <laughs> and this guy dealt with the mafia. How is that even possible? Uh huh. He couldn't yeah. hold a gun. He just couldn't do it. No he wonder he. Uh, what was it in the mafia thing? He sang. Yeah. Or he had uh, to like sing to pay off a sing debt to pay or off something. Debt. Yeah. No wonder because he couldn't <laughs> hold a gun. I don't want to die today. <laughs> I will sing everything um, they want me to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he turned down, adding to the list of roles he's turned down. He's turned down yeah. the roles of Superman. No way. Uh-huh, and John McClane. Okay. No. No, that he is, turned those down. That is a big sack of no. Yeah, yeah, no, I gotta no. agree. Yeah, I cannot. I can John, McClane, but he knew. But that's just the self awareness of him. He knew he was not good for those, and he yeah. turned them down. I don't think I could see anybody as John McClane. Now Superman no. doesn't talk a lot. He flies a lot and saves people. <laughs> but so I, I can still, only see that more than I can. John I still can't see Clint Eastwood playing Superman. I cannot see Clint Eastwood saying "Yippee Kaye." Yeah. All right, so I got, I've got one more. One of the interesting things that, of my my research on Clint Eastwood, um, I knew that he was very musical um, and composed a lot of music. I did not know how in depth his music talent. That, that was the one that shocked me the most. I mean, that I mean, <laughs> my gosh, if you look up his discography, it is insane. Um, but the the one thing I wanted to note on this was that you know he has composed. A lot of music for his own films. Yeah, um, alongside with famous composers, that would <laughs> would that not piss you off? Yeah, if yeah. you're the one paid, and yeah. Clint's like, no, that's not good. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do wanna, this oh, for yes, the scene. But like, this. okay, you need to yeah, step need back, to mm, take a dude. step back, take a chill pill. But one of the one of the funny <laughs> things I found was that um, in 1959, he in uh, released an album that he sang on called Rawhide's. Clint Eastwood sings Cowboy Favorites. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to look for that one. I was about to say, Matt's going to look at Spotify tonight. Yeah, yeah, I'll see if that's on there. I got to listen to this. But, I mean, but if you guys have a chance, Google, or you can just look it up on Wikipedia and look at his discography. It goes on forever. That is hilarious. Hey, if Charles Manson can have an album, so can yeah, Clint so Eastwood. Can Clint. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like he did a lot of, uh, of the uh, piano songs in Unforgiven. Like, that was one of his big things. I didn't know that. Like, that was mm-hmm. one of his. That's cool. Uh, yeah, because uh, I, I forget who the composer was of Unforgiven. It was somebody big. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I was like, man, if he came at me and said, no, that's not good. I, I want this. And then he just, you know, comes in and starts. I'm like, well, you know what? How about you just How finish you the movie <laughs> yeah. and I'll but, go get my check and go home. Yeah. yeah. He's been doing this audio since huh. he started. Since 1961, he's wow. been recording audio. That's impressive. Recording music. Alongside with uh, the other thing, uh, like I had the music and uh, he's a master yoga instructor. Like that that (laughs) shocked me. Can you see him? Downward dog. dog. (laughs) (laughs) Praying mantis. 
Do you feel stretchy, punk? <laughs> do you? Oh, that's great. Do ya? Do, do ya? Do ya? Do ya? When you hear the name Clint Eastwood, what is the first image that pops in your head? Dirty Harry. Everybody's got the same thing. Yeah, it's Dirty, Dirty Harry, Harry um, holding the Smith & Wesson Model mm-hmm. 29 chambered in a 44 Magnum. Yep. Do you feel lucky, punk? punk? I mean, it's... See, me, it's in the hat and the poncho. <laughs> really? With, with that with that brown that cigarette. brown cigarette. At the side of his really? mouth. When I, first, when I hear I think, Clint Eastwood. I think the Dirty Harry is more iconic, I think. I don't I mean, know, don't get me wrong. I know he's famous for the Westerns, yeah. but I think the Dirty Harry is more... I think you're going to, if you were to measure it statistically, I think throughout the world, I think Dirty Harry would win. Now, I think my dad would agree with you, Matt. He would think of Outlaw Josie Wells yeah. and Pale Rider and stuff. Yeah. Like, Fistful of dollars. Yeah, yeah, hands down. Right, yeah, so, Dirty Harry. Yeah. So Dirty moving Harry. on to acting, what is the first movie of Eastwood you remember seeing, Jim? Uh, for me, it was Firefox. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. You know what? We probably watched that together, actually. I think we probably, think we probably did. <laughs> you know, because you probably did. You know, um, and it was a cheesy movie, but man, the planes and stuff in that I th- movie. I mean, you know, at the time the Cold War was going on still, yeah. so I thought it was a very well timed. They couldn't even. This was about stealing a plane, a modern plane from Russia yeah. that could do Mach six. Yeah, and uh, its weapons were controlled by thought, yeah. which I thought was a fantastic yeah. idea for a movie. Um, but this was supposed to be about them stealing it from Russia, but they couldn't film in Russia. They had to film in other countries because the Cold War tension was still oh, wow. there. So they couldn't even yeah. get in Russia to film it. But, um, but yeah, that was the first... When I, I sat back and thought and thought and thought, and I was like, that was the my introduction to Clint Eastwood was Firefox. Yeah, so we probably watched that together because uh, that was my inter- intro- cool. introduction to that. Cause, but see, I was a lot younger when it came out, so I the things that I remember the most is the plane... And like the suit he wore to be in the plane. Oh yeah, uh, that that was the two biggest things. You know, I still to this day remember. Yep. And you know, uh, on my, you know, I'm making that. Uh, I want a shelf of all my favorite ships. Oh yeah, spaceships yeah, yeah, and stuff. yeah. That ship will be one of the things I want on my shelf. Nice. How about you, Ryan? Escape from Alcatraz. Really? That was the first movie I really I remember. Bet you, that, wow. was your, that was your dad. Wasn't that it? was. Yeah. Because I was fascinated one with Alcatraz Prison. Okay. Yeah. Don't I, I don't, why am I fascinated? <laughs> but anyways, I'm, uh, I'm fascinated with, with misery. Yeah. So my dad was telling me about Escape from Alcatraz when I was 12, 11, whatever. Yeah. But I didn't care about Pell Rider and all that stuff. Oh, but yeah, man. when I watched Escape, that was my first real introduction to yeah. Clint Eastwood was Escape from Alcatraz. Nice. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> see, it will upset me if they, which it will happen. Not yet. Probably not until Clint Eastwood dies, but remaking. They'll remake yeah, those, all those. Yeah. The isn't Man that how names. history happens? Yeah. <laughs> they'll take those. So how about you, Brian? Oh, see, it was nineteen ninety eight or so, and I was hanging at a friend's house, and his dad was watching The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Okay. So we both sat down and watched it. With him. <laughs> Is this where they get on them horses and shoot them guns? <laughs> <laughs> like, Apparently, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. But it's yeah, Clint Eastwood. We'll watch Clint it either we'll yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, yeah all right. Let me ask you, Brian. Oh, this Lord. next question. Sure. Do you like Eastwood <laughs> movies? <sighs> Once he's directed, maybe one or two. <laughs> Nothing he's acted. No in. acted in. Nah. No. Nothing. Negative. 
Nothing. There's nothing. not one you like. Nothing. I even tried to watch it like maybe a month or so ago. Maybe that Grand Torino Grand movie. Torino. Oh, really? I turned it off halfway. I in. love that movie. That's fantastic. So what is it? You just don't in like I his just, acting. It's, I, as soon as I turn it on, and is it, it the story or is it his actual it was, acting? It's acting. Really? I think that to be honest, I think the the storyline of Grand Torino was actually pretty good. Uh, but at the same time, I was, you know, when he just, it's like your old man living in the streets going to beat these little punks up kind of yeah. thing. I don't know. That's just a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jim? I, uh, I've said this before, man. I'm not a big fan of the older Westerns. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, almost, I want to put this in quotations, almost everything else. Yeah. Acting, uh, yes, I'm, I'm a big fan. There's a couple we're going to get to. Ones I'm not really a big fan yeah. of. We're gonna get to that, but but almost everything else, yeah, outside the westerns. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I'm like Jim. I was never big into his westerns, yeah. but whenever it came to Unforgiven, I do love Unforgiven. Oh, That's such a great. But movie. Yeah, I'm a fan of Clint Eastwood, but I like his movies like A Perfect World and The Line of Fire. I even like Trouble with the Curve. I did I like love that. that movie. I did like that movie. You're wanting to say see? Something. Well, no. See with me. <laughs> uh, Westerns is probably all I can handle That's all you acting can, I gotcha. because <laughs> you know with him with the man with no name like he he could say thirty seven words in the entire movie mm-hmm. and the movie would be amazing you know because <laughs> you know the way they directed those and you know back then it was all about the dialogue yes and but he would play off other people's dialogue and there would be that one guy um like oh gosh um can't think of the movie now. Uh, where he would do all the funny dialogue and the speaking, mm-hmm. and then Clint Eastwood would respond with three words, and it would make that entire conversation amazing and, like, make the entire movie. And, like, with, with the Westerns, like, when I think of his acting, he, the way he acts, to mm-hmm. me, only fits in Westerns. Yep. So, gotcha. like, you, you know, like, when he, when he was in Million Dollar Baby... Or, um, you, you know... Um, like a Grand Torino or Yeah, Grand like Torino. Yeah. And even Dirty Harry. I didn't... Right. To me, I don't think he fit in Dirty Harry because he was, you know... Really? Yeah, because when he's in a suit, I'm like, it's Clint Eastwood. Where's the chaps? Where's the poncho? Where's the hat? You know, because wow. he even had that goofy haircut as Harry. And I'm like, oh, man, it was almost like he so was... So Firefox, 80s. you think he should have been flying the plane with a poncho? Well, you know, the suit made him... <laughs> <laughs> no, the suit made him cool in that uh, one. But, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. when I saw that, you know, I didn't You're really... Just, you just imagine him having the poncho on under the under suit. Under the suit. You know, I can I deal with it. Because you needed the suit to fly the plane. So I was like, I can, I can handle that a lot more than, like, a suit and tie. Like, I, you know, in the line of fire, when he wore a suit throughout the entire movie, I was like, oh, that's so <laughs> annoying. Uh, another, that was another fantastic movie. I love that. Oh, movie. I love the movie, but John Malkovich made in, That's the, what I'm gonna get into, in yeah. Line of Fire for me. You know, we watched Outlaw Josie Wells, me and my dad, and I fell asleep. Like, I was just like, he was like, we're going to watch a good Clint Eastwood movie. We're going to watch this. And I was like, all right. About 30 minutes into it, he heard me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This was fantastic. <laughs> it was great, Dad. Thank you for sharing. Now, of course. Now, hey, now, I'm not I really like it today. It I was like 13 when I watched that, so. Okay. So, uh, what is your favorite Eastwood movie that he acted in, or do you have one? In the Line of Fire. In the Line of Fire? Yeah, and that's what I was going to go with that, because 
I love a good political movie. I love the fact that he was 63 years old and going back to the Secret Service and protecting the president because he couldn't save Kennedy. So this was his big comeback. And also, I got to say, him and John Malkovich were perfect together. Like They bounced off each other in the acting. But yeah, I got to say, In the Line of Fire is probably my favorite movie of his. Well, you know, John Malkovich was kind of like the Kevin Spacey and, you know, that villain... That you were just like, yeah. oh my God, is he going to get him? Yeah. You're at the yeah. entire he was movie. so calm, and it, it was to the point to where John Malkovich was like, you know, if he won, I probably wouldn't be that sad. <laughs> yeah. How about my, you, Jim? My favorite's uh, Every Which Way But Loose uh, with Clyde the Orangutan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he, yeah, the, when he, when he holds up his hand yeah. it, with yeah. uh, in the gun, and he goes, bang, and Clyde falls dead. And, <laughs> uh, I mean, and just watching him pull off comedy in that movie was really good. I thought it was, it was an action comedy. And yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Man, I fantastic. I love that movie. Brian, dare I ask? <laughs> <laughs> was okay. Let me ask it a different dare, way for dare. you. Was there a movie that you tolerated him the most? Did you not in? like Space Cowboys? I was gently. If you let me say that word, oh good lord! <laughs> <laughs> yes. I said I could give you Space Cowboys. See, and I okay. thought that was, was the biggest yeah, piece of like crap. <laughs> really? Yeah, I didn't like Space Cowboys. Oh my I loved it. Even with all yeah, the people that was in me. it. Like, you had Tommy Lee Jones. You had the James Southern Garner. One, James Garner. Yeah. They had amazing actors. And I'm sitting here like, it's like watching old men in Armageddon. It's like, <laughs> no, it's like these old geezers trying to save the planet. Me and you were probably on the same boat on that because I was when I saw the trailer, I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Look at yeah. all these Hollywood legends. When I left that, I was like, this was horrible. Oh, my God. Man, I, I didn't say it. it. I, I loved thing. it. Yeah. I love that movie. Good. I was trying to help out. <laughs> Thank you. That one sucked, too. <laughs> no, I like I liked Space Cowboys. I loved it. So you didn't like Space Cowboys? You said you do. Now you don't. I don't like anything, but I was just trying to help the poor guy out. Well, you can say I hate I hate movies. You can say no. When, yeah, you can say Fine. no. Fine, all of them. No, he has nothing to me. <laughs> See, me, I, I thought Fistful of Dollars was one of his best, greatest. Fistful because that's a good of boredom. Um, <laughs> uh, only because, like, like I said earlier, uh, you know, he didn't have that much dialogue, but it was how he reacted off others. And, like, it made it a really exciting when, like, you have, like, a gunfight and everything and, you know, just his reaction. You, he put a lot of action in a non-action scene, mm-hmm. and it made it a lot, uh, you know, very exciting for me mm-hmm. in those movies. So, do you think Eastwood is typecasted for the same roles, or do you think I, he can take any t- role in I think he typecasts his? himself because yes. he's, he's he knows his limitations, um, and I, he's picking his scripts. I, I think he typecasts himself because he knows what he can and cannot do. Yeah. Um, and part of this was like, you know, can he make it his? And I'm like, I don't, I mean, going back to him being offered the part of James Bond, I don't think he could have made James Bond his. I don't, nah. I think he would have been awful. Yeah. Um, Huge so, flop. Yeah. I don't think that would have been anywhere near what the success it was. So, um, um, I think he typecasts himself. Um, but I, just, I think there's limitations to his acting. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he is typecast, but I don't think it's a bad thing for him to be honest yeah. with you. 
because I mean I think he like you know we were just talking about I mean he's he knows he's gonna play the tough guy yeah he knows but I think <laughs> even though his son is not a good actor but I think it makes it harder on him because now I think a lot of people expect him to get, jump into these action movies which sucks because he looks just like Clint yeah he does but cannot act his way out of a but yeah I, I think all. that yeah I think he is typecast but I don't think it's a bad thing for him I mean I mean I don't know. We've read about all these roles that he's turned down. I don't think Hollywood typecasts him. I think he knows himself. He's self-aware, and he takes the stuff he knows he's going to do. And I think that's self-typecasting. Well, I think I, I, I think when he makes his own movies, he creates a role that he can easily do by his yeah. Nat- well, now that he's nature. writing and directing, absolutely. But you know, back when he had to audition, I think you know he was turned down for roles because he was typecasted. Like mm-hmm. when he, uh, when, you know, he was asked to do a lot of movies and usually when he's asked to do the movies, it's the same type of role right. that, you know, he's always done or, you know, the same kind of, you know, blow down, you know, yeah. talking like this or, or the one liners or he just need, they just needed like a, a mean face on yeah. camera yeah. that mm-hmm. was popular at the time. Now, did he like, he's had now he was probably like one actor that's blessed with more than one iconic role because there's a lot of actors that live their careers Mm -hmm. and you know they had that one role that made them very popular and then everything else is like oh that's like uh, Bruce Willis be like well yeah that's uh, you know that's a good movie but that's John McClane in a different movie yeah you know and but you know Clint Eastwood even though he he says the same things and acts the same way he kind of separates himself when you know you have the man with no name. He had like mm-hmm. like he was Monaco and yeah, whatever yeah. Uh, names in those movies, and then Dirty Harry, Harry, Harry yeah. you know, is his own thing. Even though they you know because they look completely different, even though you know they say the same things or whatnot. You know what's funny? Them different. Yeah. Even though it's funny when you say that though, and it, it is true when you say, "Oh, it's the same. It's it's the same character. It's John McClane in a different movie." You know, I hear people say that a lot about certain actors. While it is true, I don't know why it just rubs me the wrong way sometimes. When I read it, there was this uh, lady, I don't really know her name. She was on Instagram, and she's coming up being really popular. (laughs) But I turned out to be very hypocritical um, because she she did a, I don't know, she's being funny on a video, but she was like waiting in line. I can't wait to see uh, Dwayne Johnson play the same character in a movie with a bionic leg. Because she was going to see Skyscraper. Yeah. Like, I'm like, really? You just... And... and I, I, But that particular situation was a little different because she was trying to ba- bash someone who mm-hmm. has, like, pushed his way through the industry and done really good things mm-hmm. when she literally has gotten famous by lip-syncing and piggybacking off of other people's success. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you really, you really want to say some things about other people and you've got over a million followers by lip-syncing other people's music? Like, yeah. really? Well, you see, with me, we'll have to have a whole show on The Rock, but mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, I think Rock is is an amazing actor. I do. That just looks the same in everything. I think, yeah. yeah. You know, They're just like, saying he's he plays like the, the same complete, character. You know, like opposite of yeah. others. Like, like his acting is amazing. Like his acting in Jumanji was genius. Hilarious. You know, because he had to act like the nerdy kid. Yes. And I'm like, you know, not a whole lot of people can do that. And he didn't play the muscle bound guy 
that he already played a lot. So yeah. he's already proven he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. He's just a huge guy. Yeah. And he's going to be that huge guy no matter what that's, he's that's in. That movie that's he did with... Uh, that movie he did with... Um, Kevin Hart, Central Intelligence. Oh, yeah. Oh, where he God. was in the fat suit at yeah. the beginning. Yes. That was so yeah. funny. And, you know, he does comedy so, so well. well. And honestly, like, whenever his first big movies, like, I think that made him a box office was the Fast Five movies. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I know he's typecast, but can you think of anybody else who would face off against Vin Diesel? Mm-mm. No. Like, I mean, yeah. and actually... Because you know we're going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, 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 rock, yeah, 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 rock. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, but like no, I was going to jump in on there. That's that was the one part of Fast Five because I was like, Vin Diesel would not beat The Rock. No, no. you know they had to make it that way. He would have been pummeled in a puddle of his yeah. own blood. <laughs> so, what is the worst acting you've seen Clint Eastwood do? Pink Cadillac. Pink Cadillac. That but what about it made it horrible? Everything, the acting, the set, the horrible. Uh, cinema, cinematography. But what everything. about the acting? Because this is the acting. What about the acting? Made it, it horrible. Was, it for was. You? It was. It was very anticlimactic, and no up or down, no climax, no, no, no build. It was. It was literally boring. For me, it was Bernadette Peters. She was number one. I, she was a horrible actress, and yeah. yes. I, I, um, them playing off she of each other. She sound like she was. That was one one movie I, I've ever seen where I. She sounded like she was actually looking at a script and going, "Hey, she how did that you her whole doing? career." Just FYI, <laughs> um, and that's yeah, why I don't even was, know who she is. So that's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just I felt like it was that particular movie was an uh, and this other this movie that I'm going to mention. I think it was a an instance of. Just horrible casting mm-hmm. aside, Clint Eastwood bringing him down, and I just he couldn't save it. I mean, because there was no way he was going to pull somebody. I don't think. I mean, I think with directing, I think he's got a really good knack for pulling him up and building yeah. him up and everything. But with his acting alone and somebody else in charge, I don't think Clint's going to save the movie. So what movie? Um, the Rookie with Charlie yeah, Sheen. Was mine. With Charlie yep. Sheen, it was a big really? pile of heart garbage, man. So bad. Number one, I, I didn't see that one. <laughs> no, that's the one I missed. Um, I mean, number one, it you know Charlie Sheen is one of those actors that um, he's hit hit or miss. Man, he's yeah. like he's almost like a Will Ferrell to me. I mean, yeah. it's either gold or garbage. Yeah. And this this was an episode of garbage, yeah. and it was another instance of um, you know Clint not being able to save him. You know, because yeah. I mean the, the acting. The, it was stale. It was stagnant. Yeah. Um, not a lot of the emotion was not there, and I just didn't didn't feel natural. Do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, the rookie, hands down, to me, like I think Clint Eastwood like either lost a bet or he owed yeah. somebody because he didn't seem like it, a role. It even, didn't seem like he wanted to be. Yeah, there. like if that you watch the movie, movie, yeah, like if you yeah. watch the movie, it's just not even him. Like really, even he's playing the tough guy, but to me, it's just like oh, there he is, and also. Raul Julia, who I only know from the Adams family. I'm sure he was a great actor in his day. Street Fighter. See? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was the bad guy in the movie, but he don't explain what his whole intentions are. Yeah. Like, you don't, I mean, you don't know if him and Eastwood had a feud. If, but Eastwood, yeah, you can just tell in the movie he did not want it to play that bad, role. It yeah, was, It was a bad story. Was this yeah, a 90s movie? Yeah, 1990. 1990. 1990. A 90 movie? <laughs> a 90 movie? Yeah, it just was not, I, yeah, not See, good. See, to me, uh, the worst one I saw, and I was forced to watch this one, was The Gauntlet. And this movie was about a cop trying to get a uh, female prisoner to another prison. And then people bet on 
them not making it. And you see cops, you see cops, bikers, and mafia like all joining <laughs> together to try to kill them to win this bet. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing. Yeah. And they have no reaction. It's yeah. like whoever did the camera work on this movie, they yeah. did one face at a time. Yeah. It's like they oh didn't want to have two faces in the same shot. And <laughs> oh, that's so, annoying. And, you know, it's like cutaway, too. So, like, Clint Eastwood, they would have him staring face at, uh, you know, at the camera. And he would say something. And it would be like, cut over to the female. And then, like, it has no flow. Yeah. And this is the biggest piece of garbage. And it, this was, I was going to say, kind of say the same thing. I was going to say, this must have been a favor yeah. he owed someone like uh, that you know he got him the yeah. like because this was 80s I gotta be honest you know looking through the 80s there was not a whole lot of 80s movies with Clint Eastwood that I can get into it was more like in the 90s when he was doing more the the the, the better uh, like written movies and everything and then you know towards the late where he was taking over with his own serious directing yeah is when I became more of the Clint Eastwood fan what year was that I think it was 86 80s. or 87 yeah. somewhere. Well, it was I want to point 80s. out that, okay, so let's say it's 87. I want to point out that Pink Cadillac was 89 and our movie Rookie was 90. I, th- I, I think he made someone really angry yeah. at yeah. that time. <laughs> that, like the 80s, was his typecasted yeah. decade. So if you could have Mr. Eastwood in a role at any point in time that he wasn't a part of, what would it be? I'd like to see him come back to TV and reprise a Sopranos-like role, like Ooh. a gangster, like a gangster mob type thing. Uh-huh. Like, and he's the he's the head of the family or something like that. I like that. that. Um, I, I'd love to see him try that. I mean, he wouldn't even have it. Wouldn't have to be, you know, very intense for him yeah. being the head of the family. I yeah. mean, he could be the one giving all the orders or speaking in small sentences and all the action happens with other people. So no different. But I would also like to see him direct it, like possibly write and direct it and see what he could do with it. I think that would be fantastic. Do you think he's going to direct until like well into his hundreds? I think he's going to keep going. (laughs) They'll find him dead on the set. Yeah, they'll find him either. It's either dead on the set or dead in his office at yeah. the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like at the end of his script. Too. Yeah. Like, yeah. End. The end. <laughs> period, 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 period. Dot, 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 dot. Oh, God, my heart. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? You know, I want to see him. Okay, this is going to be. I want to see him play. Okay, forget the Bridges of Madison County. That's a horrible movie. I don't care what anybody says. Hey, but what's her name was hot in the movie. Really, though. Meryl Streep? Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, young Meryl Streep. Let's, let's, let's get that Boy, out there. You young love you Meryl some old Street. Meryl Streep. You know, I want to go young and Meryl. I, I would like to see him play something like Richard Gere in Pretty Woman. <laughs> Okay. Like, give me something like he can actually do, like the romantic comedy. Okay, yeah, yeah I was a rom com. Like yeah, yeah, romantic give me rom-com. something like that. Like, like get away from this that, phase. Yeah, that would be a challenge. Oh, yeah. and that would, would be, be a something challenge. Really yeah. different for him. I mean, I can, can like that. in Pretty Woman, can you just imagine Julia Roberts is like asking him for the money, and he's just like done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's what I want to see. I want to see that. That's awesome. Uh, How about you, Brian? I, I you don't want to see him in movies. I don't know. Like, I no, I want Clint Eastwood to stop. Stop. <laughs> stop your acting. Just stop it. Brian said he would support his retirement. Yes. <laughs> I'll support your retirement. Uh, I want to see him as like a serious villain. 
Okay. Like I, I, I saw I get one role when I thought villain, it popped into my head and I was like, Oh my god, I would have loved to have seen them only because I watched the cartoon X Men. I would have loved to have seen him as Magneto in the old X Men movies. Yeah. Because, you know, like <laughs> even though Ian McKellen he has the better dialogue and the better the better acting, I think Magneto was always the I'm going to kill you regardless type. Yeah. And they made Ian McKellen too sympathetic. Yeah. And I think Clint Eastwood would have been perfect for that role and been like, you know, I'm just going to crush you, burp, you know, or have muddle, <laughs> metal just kill you. You know, good one. Cause I, I never even thought about him being a villain. You know, when I thought, when I th- thought I was like, man, I, I can't, I couldn't think he was always like an a-hole, yeah. you know, in <laughs> movies or a really aggressive, no, yeah. mean type person, but he was never really that bad villain guy that, yeah. you know, totally neglected people's, that's a good point you know outlook and everything and or you know the way it really affected their character in movies and i was like yeah. man i would love to see him go on a killing spree and just kill everybody <laughs> or yeah. like i would love to have seen him as a villain in one of the mission impossible movies and i can even see that today in his yeah. 90s as like a really serious like he actually blows up like yeah. and he actually gets away with blowing up one of the cities four yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like when we were, when we always yeah. talk about who could possibly be but in see, the next Expendables. If I made yeah. that film, if I made that film, Expendables for any time, there's a really big action shot when everyone else is doing this fast pace type stuff. You have some, I'd make it. In karate suit. I, I would make. I would make Clint Eastwood the one where it just slows down and he's just wheeling his wheelchair over to something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like boom, explosion, fight scene. <laughs> Oh no! No. (laughs) I'd make a comedy out of it. You can't do that to good old Clint Eastwood. Wait till I get over there, (laughs) Paul. See, I would have them. I would have it, you know, because in every Expendables movie, there's that that ending fight scene. I would have straight up Clint Eastwood and Sylvester Stallone meet up and then when you do that cutaway and they do like in the arrow when you know it's not the actors and they're doing kung fu moves and stuff and you straight up know it's not Stephen Amell in them it would be Clint Eastwood slide but then break away don't focus on their face and they're doing like kung fu moves that's not them you've captured their (laughs) stunt doubles (laughs) 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 alright so on on to directing what is your opinion about his directing? Like, oh, I've, I think his, I think it's genius, and I think it's he's a much better director than actor. Oh, I mean, definitely. I think, yeah. I, without question, I think he's found his niche in Hollywood, being a, a writer and a director. Is there I, like a specific detail about his directing that you like more? It, it's it's what we it? it's what we talked about before. It's the um, the era of realism, mm-hmm. that his ability to or uh, to. Um, uh, tell a real story yeah. instead of a Hollywood story. Yeah. A yeah. reality. You know, like it's real life is not always a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And his stories are not always happy endings. And it's not even a happy story most yeah. of the time right. in his movies. Yeah. Pref- but it's interesting though. Yeah. He tells it in an interesting yeah. way. Yeah, I prefer his directing way over his acting. I think he mm-hmm. brings out the best in the crew and the actors. Mm-hmm. But you brought up a good point, like his directing like even in the scene like you said about the casket where Morgan Freeman is like just that suspense going up and he brought up a good point like I don't think any other director can really do that other than Clint Eastwood like to where you're just sitting there in suspense going what's going on what's in Mm -hmm. that casket yeah and it's like okay so like in that one scene you know no talking music staring yeah and it's like he can make just staring at a casket and a doorway and a building 
seem like, oh my God, what is going yeah. to happen? Yeah. You know, and like you're like squeezing your pillow, like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Uh, that That's what I, I think uh, about his directing is, you know, when he, I think, you know, even though he's won the Academy Awards, you know, I think he, if he didn't, he would get that Lifetime Achievement Award because I think in camera work, and focus and everything he has like really changed the game of how movies are directed and how uh, Mm -hmm. he has influenced other directors to uh you know like the focus in the scene that they're in um you know it's not always the actors he wants you like just the way he shows a certain scene. You can see yeah, his style you can see starting style. To, to blend in with other people's and he, work. And if you put on a Clint Eastwood movie, and even someone who's like him, who tells a drama, then you're just watching sadness, you could tell a difference. You could tell, oh, I'm watching a Clint Eastwood movie right. because of the way it's directed, and mm-hmm. I'm watching another's because he doesn't have the same direction or camera work or anything. Yep. Uh, towards how the movie is being displayed. Display. Mm-hmm. You know, just the way he displays the movie is totally different. Yep. Brian, do you like any directing? I mean, you know, I know you don't really like his movies, but do you think there's a, something in the directing area that you could kind of cling on to? Uh, in a, yes, there he does. Again, he, he, he has a very good ability to push boundaries. He's got a very good ability to draw out a story, to really explain what's going on, and 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 to really bring truth to a drama, to really to really um, allow you to grasp what's going on, the realness of the story, and that you know you don't always win all the time. I can get on board with that. I get it. Um, but of course, my only thing is, can you? please do anything else because <laughs> I feel like it's a little one-sided to me me personally because I feel like that's all he does so what would you like to see Clint Eastwood direct well for instance like you you like Jim just told us earlier this man has a discography that goes on for days where's something like the greatest showman show me something like that and I will like then get behind musical? you a musical something oh, you don't God, have to don't be know. a tough guy <laughs> but see but see right there you just proved my point because you both went like oh God really see he's one sided it's just a okay, bad I'm a I'm bad guy is, or a tough guy but you what, want to you want I want to, to see, see him, him branch okay. no, branch okay, out no 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 what I'm saying is is what do you want so you're saying. You want to see a musical from him, from Clint Eastwood. Yes. That is if so he's, weird. Is that, that's that's an otter statement. How about, <laughs> how about we commit right now to writing a musical about Clint Eastwood's life? There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know what? So, like, I was in the war, and then I killed people. We'll get to that because yeah. <laughs> I've got I've, I've got something, and I mean I bet yeah. you forgot about this, but we'll carry on. Okay. I, I've, I've got something. <laughs> okay. What do you think about his directing? Oh, I mean. I like it. I think I can see it. I think he has a big difference now. Um, yeah. I think he can branch out. I think he does. You think he needs to branch out? Oh, I think saying? he can, and that's that's what I'm going to get to with my least favorite okay. movie that he's directed. I think he has branched okay. out in something, and it hasn't worked. That's my opinion. Like yeah. you know, but you think he's you think he'll yeah. get there? Though? Yeah, I think he can okay. get there. Right. And that's what I love about doing this podcast is we can all have different opinions, and it's just yeah. fun to do, like fun to talk about and debate. <laughs> but like, yeah, when we get to his least favorite, I guarantee you forgot about this movie. Okay, uh, I, you know, he wants you to bring it up. <laughs> well, uh, with, with Brian, 
in the that, that like that totally threw me through. That was okay. His, that was I know the otter. I don't, that like, was no. the otter statement. No, right there. <laughs> like, it's Clint Eastwood to have listen, the a musical. Listen, musical. listen. It's not that I want to see it. I don't care. That's what I'm asking. Like, I'm just want him want? to do it. Well, if you want me He's to ask him what for he wants, anything okay. different. You if you want, want me something different, a comedy. Okay, do a comedy. He's done comedy. No. Yeah, yeah. What? What? What has he done that's comedy then? Because I haven't seen it. Any which way but loose. I just discussed it earlier. Yeah. Any, any which way, way but loose. Yes. Yes. With comedy with Clyde the orangutan. Yeah. And as much as we don't like it, pink Cadillac. <laughs> And it was a, well, that was a if you call that itself. a comedy I mean, I'm going to get rid of comedy in the rest of my <laughs> life and never watch it again because that was not a comedy it was you meant wanna, to be comedy you probably want to see Clint Eastwood do something like Mikhail's Navy yes, or Down yes. Periscope D- drop your tough guy act do something like that he'll never do it Jay and Silent Bob with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> okay, well, let's try to redo. Let's it, so. not get carried away. Well, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood was in Casper of yeah, all movies. I, know. Uh, I thought that was somebody else doing his face, but apparently it was him. Uh, but yes, you like that? Okay, take away the musical thing because it's not like I want to watch it. That was just me trying to say, step out of your shell. But yes, do something you've never Navy. done. Do well, something see, you've never done. Th- this is this is what I've been trying to get out of you because we know that you're more of the comedy. I am era area. So we comedy knew, is over everything for me. We knew coming into this that you wouldn't be on board no. with Clint Eastwood because of he's mainly drama. Yes, that's why we wanted to hear your side of it because we know you don't get a whole lot like if we showed you a clinic like we could probably pick out a really good like uh i enjoyed gran torino i thought it yeah, was okay. really good or um even you, a perfect world or a perfect world or in the line of fire you know because it wasn't it, if you like john malkovich i think in the line of fire was one of his greatest movies uh because of that character yeah. um but that's what i'm saying so we knew we wanted to see like what we could what like Almost like if we had to force you to be a Clint Eastwood fan, <laughs> how could we make oh, it? Oh, trust me, you're trying. <laughs> <laughs> no, like we, you know, we, we want to get that aspect of it because everybody that's going to listen to this, there's probably a good percentage are not huge Clint Eastwood fans. Yeah. There might be a small young base. Like my son doesn't, and your son doesn't know who the heck nope, Clint Eastwood is. He doesn't. Unless he was in like, you know, a Disney movie yeah. or something. Um, there you go, Clint Eastwood in a Disney movie. I can see that. Yeah, I he can could see do Clint Eastwood a, direct something like a serious I, Disney movie. But before, if he was a voice actor in one, he'd right. probably be the Clint Eastwood. <laughs> the Clint Eastwood. Yeah, well, I get know, what you're saying though about the comedy. Yeah. I'd be alright. Well, that. you know, like uh, Disney movies are taking more drama yeah. into their stuff, even in their more lighthearted stuff. There's yeah. always that really sad moment and real moment, like in Up. Mm-hmm. You know, when oh, you know yeah. the whole death of the, you know. Like at the very beginning, or in Big Hero Six. Yeah. Oh, total, total spoilers if y'all haven't seen these movies. But like in Big Hero Six, when the brother dies in a horrible fire, yeah. Yeah. it's like so they're bringing more drama and more real. They are in there, and then they bring in the fairy dust to <laughs> make it all dust. better. So what if yeah. what if Clint Eastwood did a, a total Clint Eastwood? animated movie I would, no fairy let's dust do it. Let's no do it. fairy dust do it let's do it so I'll be that all, would I want to see you. it absolutely see there we go we got it out no yeah, I just we know it. it so we can bring alright so Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood. You're, I know you're listening sure <laughs> 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 there it is we need you to do an animated film animated film and make it make it the Eastwood I swear if it is an animated western I'm gonna be <laughs> so bad <laughs> 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 
Okay, but that 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 might be his niche, though. That might be the way you get him in there. Wham, 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 I feel like our skit already wrote his animated film. <laughs> so, uh, do you see a difference in movie direction over the years, or do you think it's all the same? I don't see. I'm. I, it's kind of hard because I don't think I don't think he's evolved a whole lot, but I think you can definitely. I mean, he has a distinct fingerprint on yeah. his movies, mm-hmm. and I mean, I can watch it and see it and like and almost no. There's very few exceptions. We're going to get to a, a segment of this where I'm going to talk to where it's it wasn't as apparent to me yeah. that it it was his fingerprint. Yeah. Um. But I think he does have a distinct fingerprint that shows on his movies, but um. You know, I've seen some changes in some different directions, but yeah. I don't know that I would say it's evolved well, a lot. I okay, and I I'm going to give total credit to Josh Binkley for this because oh, I'm if sure it Captain wasn't movie yes, degree. that Blah. if it wasn't for the <laughs> the detail, you know, because we we do Oscar season every year, yeah, and usually yeah, yeah, most yeah. of his movies are are one is in the Oscar thing, yeah, you know, like you know, learning a lot from you know the the details, like the whole uh, not you know focus thing. Yeah, I personally would have never picked that up because. I'm honestly not a big attention to detail that well, that part when yeah. it comes to it. So I would never film the movie. I would love to write movies and have other people spread their little yeah, dust yeah, yeah. on it, like stuff like that to make it better. But like he, you know, he totally pointed out stuff like that. But if you look at, you know, when he first started to direct, you know, he started to direct and only have, and have like a lot of action shots. And then when it came to dialogue, the dialogue parts were very quick and had to move it along to get to where he, you know, he was following, like, uh, he was following the rules of how to make a movie. Okay. If that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there was, there's only one way to make a movie. And then when he got comfortable and, um, you know, and wanted to, like break the barrier of, you know, camera work and break the rules of how you quote should make a movie. That's where I saw like the evolution of Clint Eastwood and how, you know, certain scenes were filmed and only Clint props Eastwood, to Josh. Cause I would never pick that up. I don't ever, you know, like it, it, he picks up little, and there's this thing called a MacGuffin where you're focusing on a certain thing. That's what a MacGuffin is. You focus on that one thing that has nothing to do with the movie. Mm-hmm. I learned it with uh, what's the movie? The the Alfred Hitchcock uh, movie. Psycho. Psycho. Uh, the money or mm-hmm. something. Or there was something in Psycho that like started that trend. And you know you have the MacGuffin, and you're like, so what's in the briefcase or what's in the yeah. well, what's with that money? Because they focus mm-hmm. on it, but it has really literally nothing to do with the movie. And I, I learned all that from Josh. So when I, that's how like I knew that's how I know Clint Eastwood movies have evolved and have become more Clint Eastwood like, and that's why you can't really copy what he is doing now. Like if you did when he first started direct, he directed like everybody else. Now it's like, oh man, I don't know if I can mimic yeah. that. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go and say out there, ladies and gentlemen, last week it was Chad. This week, Matt does the mic. <laughs> I think, I mean, you hit on everything. I mean, there's nothing else to say about that. Well, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. With, with, with Clint with like, if, when uh, uh, he's got a, a movie coming out. Uh, oh, um, um, 
IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> Good old on. IMDb. He's got a movie coming out. And when you go and watch it, we'll probably all go and watch it eventually. You'll see that you'll notice, oh, it's called The Mule. The Mule. Uh, uh, what is A 90-year-old horticulturist. Cult, did I say that? Yes. Horticulturist. horticulturist. And World War II veteran is caught transporting $3 million worth of cocaine through Michigan for a Mexican drug cartel. And this is... A, uh, like a true story that happened at one time, mm-hmm. but you know, even with that, you when you go and see this movie because you know you will, you're gonna catch, you're gonna pay attention to the camera work and the differences in movies that you typically watch. Like compare it to a Marvel movie. Right. A Marvel movie is by far you're following step by step of how the scenes should play. Yeah. You know, center actors, action shots, all you know, cover screen. Those are all following the rules of how you should film a movie. And then when you go and watch a Clint Eastwood, you're like, oh, my God, he's not doing anything that, that's the same as any other movie. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to his directing, okay, here you go. So when we all went to the movies and we saw a trailer for that 1512 Paris. Yes. Okay. So whenever I first saw the trailer to that, I was like, all right, it's whatever. It's your typical movie. You know, true story. I think it's cool that the actual people are playing it. But once we saw Clint Eastwood was directing it, everybody was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he has that effect whenever you yes. see it's him. And there's only a handful of directors that can do that to That's me. Correct. I so totally, totally agree. agree. So when that. I see that, I was just like, ooh, now I'm in now. I totally agree. Exactly. Like totally American agree. Sniper, if Clint yeah. Eastwood didn't do it, I probably wouldn't, would not that have would have been, yeah, that. No, right. And would you agree that in that same boat would be Steven Spielberg? Oh, hands down. Oh, God. Yeah. Have, I mean, because when you see a movie and you're like, oh, yeah, directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh, oh, hands down. I'm in. Okay, yeah. but it's a little different for me because Steven Spielberg made my childhood. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, I'm kind of biased with Steven uh, Spielberg, yeah, but I, I agree and with what you're saying. As a person who's not a real fan of Clint Eastwood, <laughs> how dare you put Steven Spielberg in there? He's way over here. Directing. No, no. directing. Uh, no, directing. I'm saying we're Spielberg's talking about here. And no, 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 no. Here. I'm talking about he has that same effect when yeah, you okay. see a movie. And maybe just not for you, Brian. Yeah, maybe yeah. not for you. Spiel, but, but Clint Eastwood doesn't belong the same. But maybe space. you're it's just you're just like, well, that seems like it could be okay. But then yeah. you hear who yeah. directed yeah. it, yeah. it changes your opinion yeah. instantly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So honestly, okay. So Ready Player One. I know we're getting off topic, and I'll try yeah. to. Get, okay. So that right there. That was not a typical movie. And Matt, you know this. That's not a typical movie I would have went to see. I'd have been mm. like, whatever. But as soon as I saw Spielberg, I was like, I'm in. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anything Spielberg, I, <laughs> even if it's complete garbage, I would probably come out. I heard Because Steven. I love, yeah, like Steven Spielberg is like my family. Yes. Like, you know, even if it's complete garbage, oh, I will Steve, be like, he's doing it again. oh, it was Steve. It was, a, it was he's, pretty good. Oh, yeah. He, he's directed yeah. the motion picture of my life, yeah. dude. I mean, my gosh. Like he, yeah. And everything he's done is like been something like that is like, like every time I watch something of his, yeah. unless it's a ser- he does his serious movie. But, you know, when he does the, like uh, the BFG, I've never heard of it. And when I watched it, it was like I was a kid again, yeah. you know, because he has that effect on me. Yeah. I just don't know. I'm very biased when it comes to. Well, Steven we'll Spielberg. do. We're, we're gonna do a Steven Spielberg. Oh yeah, episode. and that's gonna be that's that's gonna be a long yeah, because uh, yes, I have is. a lot to say about Steven Spielberg. So, what is your favorite movie that Mr. Eastwood has directed? Unforgiven. 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 Hand. Just because that was a movie I saw with my dad, and that was probably the first western I really, really loved. For me, that it was, you loved. Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Hands wow. down. For me, it was Flags of Our Fathers. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What What was it about Flags of Our Fathers? 
Well, I mean, it was number one. It was that iconic scene of number for one. It was the iconic scene of them raising the flag mm-hmm. that made me want to see this movie. Yes. Okay. Well, I see I, you. I, I see you questioning. Well, no, no, no. That. Like, no, like, uh, because wasn't it really about the controversy? Controversy Words. about how that happened. That is correct. Yeah. But that's what made me want to see it. But it was when I, after I saw it, it was what you just said. The yeah. story he told, actually told. Yeah. I went in with one perception uh, of this, what this movie could be about, yeah. and what it's how and it, it was going to unfold, and it totally flipped on yeah. me. And I was like. Good, good job, Clint. Good job. Good job. Uh, I mine so far is American Sniper. Okay, because I, you I'll, know, I love that movie. Yeah, that was fantastic. great. Okay, but it's the we, only movie he has directed. I've said all the way through was like, hmm. well, when we saw it, I was like, oh, great, another war movie. Yeah, yeah. that's what this world. But did. I said yep. the same thing. And I was then like, oh, I saw right. Clint Eastwood, and I was like, okay, See? I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah. And then when we went and saw it, I was like on the edge of my seat the yeah. entire time. Yeah. <clears throat> like he, they made. We've all seen it, right? Yes. Yes. Like that one scene where he was sitting in his living room and he saw the uh, the twin towers thing oh man mm-hmm. like that one simple scene everyone here knows where they were yes. when the twin towers happened mm-hmm. they know where they were what time it happened and how it affected mm-hmm. their lives everyone probably listening can probably uh, relate to that yes. yeah. so that one oh, yeah. scene where he was just watching the tv in the twin towers because that's all how we you know you know had that view just was <coughs> very powerful and yeah. and then when you're following his journey through all that and then how it affected him when he came back into the point where he died. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, and we all knew the story of this guy because it was a very popular right. news thing. Yeah. So it was like, how are you going to make something we already know about, you know, very interesting. And then Clint Eastwood finds all those little details mm-hmm. like the kid that he almost had to shoot, yeah. you know, you know, to, you know, right. to keep his yep. soldiers alive. And that would have probably created a whole nother yeah. bad situation yeah. which, during that which, time. Which, to be honest, I think when it comes to that movie, I, I honestly, it wasn't Clint Eastwood for for me. It was the controversy behind it. When I heard about the guy's father writing to Clint Eastwood, I was like, all but right. See, that's, that's what confuses me about your dislike for Clint Eastwood because I think if you take the past 10 movies, 10 movies guaranteed – Every one of them has controversy in it. Every one of them, like it has a very serious, like in Gran Torino, it's yeah. race controversy. No, 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 yes. no. But but specific, oh, yeah. they all have controversy. What I'm saying is, is this controversy made it to news because a person wrote to him and said, "If you do this to my son, I'm coming after you." I heard about it in the news, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, wow! Is it really that bad?" But that's the thing is, like, none of those other controversies ever made it in the news. No, he has a movie about M- Nelson Mandela and the whole controversy in about his capture and yeah. imprisonment and all that. They, he goes into deep detail about that entire thing that we don't see. All we saw, like I remember growing up and all I knew was Nelson Mandela was in prison. Yeah. I didn't know what for. Yeah, that's all I knew. And, yeah. uh, you know, that you had all the peace people saying free Nelson yeah. Mandela. I remember that part free Nelson Mandela and then in Gran Torino I think you would have you seen Gran Torino I've seen half of it I think you would like it because it's all race controversy Mm. it's all about how you know he uh, 
you know, he's trying to live mm-hmm. in this area, and then with all this stuff going on around him, <coughs> and it's not necessarily race. No, I no, take no. that back. No, it's no, not no. all necessarily no, right, race. Right, it's yeah, about yeah. Uh, the. Um, What's um, what's the word I'm looking for? The way the people act, the, the yeah, thugs, and yeah, thugs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you and know, he developed and a friendship with them. I mean, the, yes. the kid next and yeah. then uh, you know the friendship he developed, the way he uh, interacts with others of that you know American culture, uh, you know, is very well, controversial. The actual the say words <laughs> words. I, but the problem is, I think you're you're diving too deep into the word controversy. All I'm saying is my my thing is more simplistic than you're making. You it took to be. that one story and it made that it. one movie more interesting. It, no, to you. it didn't. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I just have I was on I heard the movie. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, American Sniper, and then I saw like Channel Two or Channel Five, and they were like talking about how the father sent the letter to him about real controversy about um, about that father just saying don't. Don't demean my my yeah, son. That's, that's what I'm saying. That made it. Yeah, that was like, wow. I gotta go see this. I mean, really, a father got that upset. I mean, it's you know, even though I don't care for him, it's Clint Eastwood. I mean, how bad could it be? That I, it was just that little tidbit. Yeah. Now I know he's got a lot of movies with real true controversy, but this was more because even though this movie had controversy and it was about him being over over there and that very specific point in his life where he had to make a decision yeah. but it was about that where the dad stepped into it and, and made it more than it needed to be and i'm like did he really have to do that what is this about i think that's all it was it was yeah. more simplistic but i do I, I i do know he's got a lot of movies that dig deep into a controversial topics i got you so you need so you need that little outside controversy it did it brought me in that it did. So it, it something wasn't that, made it, that just drew your that interest. just drew my interest. It, it did. Interest. I was like, whoa! It wasn't Clint Eastwood. It was just between that. the director and a real person out in the world. Like, mm-hmm. hey, don't do this to my son, or we're going to come after you. So, like, if I were to tell you uh, there was a ghost in a movie, like a real ghost in a movie, it that would be the reason you'd go yes. see this. Yes. So you would see this. You would see a trailer, and you'd be like, oh, I don't know, that's yeah. not something I would pay for. And then I would say, Hey, did you know there was, was a, real a real ghost, ghost in that movie? Go, oh man, I'd be or, there tomorrow. You know, or you know, there was a yeah, there was a guy that walked. Or it'd be like, <clears> hey, look, if you watch this one part, you'll see a guy that totally wasn't supposed to be on the camera. Oh no, uh, walked on the Blair Witch Project. Someone literally told me that was real, so I went and saw. I was yeah, like, oh, I mean, this is totally real. No, they said this is lost. Well, I, I give that up to advertising because they even made it seem like it was lost footage of hikers, well, yeah, documentators. But, that was They just got me because yeah. they made it look cheap. They made it, oh, we found this footage lost in a woods somewhere. Yeah. And man, back in that back when that came movie came out, I, I was, oh, you're telling me a real movie with real stuff that's paranormal happening? Yeah. Oh, I got to go see that. I got, I yeah. got you. So, did we all say what our favorite mm-hmm. uh, directed yeah. movie was? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is there a movie he directed that you thought wasn't as good as others, or even I'm really waiting bad? for Ryan's man. Yeah. I'm he's been you know okay. So, mine is going to go from four and five. So, just skip me on five. Also, question five. <laughs> Like what? Uh, skip you on five? Yeah, because were there any other movies he directed that you thought? Were oh yeah, dude, oh, okay. yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, yeah. to me. And I was so excited about this movie, and then I saw that he directed it and made it. Me and you saw it. Jersey Boys. <laughs> about yeah. the four seasons. Man, we were so like excited. Music. We were nice. so excited to see this movie. Yeah, too. like, I mean, yeah. that right there, like, it had the music, and it was something different. Are you talking, you're talking about musical, like a rent yeah. type movie. Okay. Then well, er- earlier I was, but I, yeah. to be honest, that was just me trying to get see, him to step out of his 
Yeah, you like, know, okay, so that, that's what I, I thought uh, Jersey Boys was going to be that. I was yeah. like, cool, it's no yeah. tough guys, it's documentary about the Four Seasons, Frankie Valley, and everything, and then, man, I saw that movie, and it I... It was pretty much why Frankie Valley sucks as a yes. human being. And like, <laughs> I, I mean, was like, stuff go. I didn't know about yeah. it. It was just a... Did you see that, Jim? Uh, no, I did it not. Just, it was just not I good. never watched that one. And I, I was just... Everybody, but I can see why others love that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, me and Ryan, we had, we had it set in our head yeah. that it was going to be like Rent... Or greatest yeah, show, right. Ri- right? The rising stardom of the of the of the yeah, yeah. yeah. He hit and, it right, up, like winning with expectations, and I was like, man, Clint Eastwood can't yeah. go wrong. And see, then I left out of there just yeah, going, that the, was horrible. I've heard the the soundtrack, but I yeah. never watched. The see movie. if you, but now that you know that, you can watch it and you might enjoy it way more. No, yeah. going you know, in, no, yeah, yeah, right, that. right, yeah. 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 You, knew, you know ahead of time now. So what you said, so that yeah, Jersey Boys is also yeah, like it was just out of ordinary, like. After I watched it, I was like, "Man, I was so looking forward to that. It was something different for him and everything." And so that's your you know, that's your bad, and yeah, you're out of the ordinary. I was just okay. not. I was excited for that. Y'all don't seem too excited. Yeah, well, no, I was. <laughs> no, I was no, excited. I got you. No, I was yeah. with you because we saw yeah. it together. I was totally with you. I thought it was nothing. Now I came out of it like because uh, I had my expectations high for an actual musical. Right, I love musicals, yeah. and then. You know, it had a lot of singing in it, but it wasn't the way... Yeah, it turned you know, out like the four seasons of him were just horrible people. Yeah, almost. Frankie Valley was like a humongous jerk. And I'm like, I really hope it yeah. was like that. And they just didn't make it over dramatic for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what about you, Jim? I'm totally expected to get booed on this. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I really can't place it if it's just the lead actor that was in this movie or what. But Jay Edgar... Oh, I agree. No, that's another. That was a big pile of garbage for me. I just thought it was really long for what they were trying to accomplish. No, I mean you can make an epic film long. JFK. I mean, but I'm a big Oliver Stone fan. But yeah, I mean, but you can make an epic film about a historic figure like that really interesting and really intriguing. That's what I'm saying, though. In that movie, there was so many dead spots that I think they could have accomplished this movie in a shorter amount of time. Oh, they could have shortened it big time. But then again, you could have deleted it for all I care because the whole thing was a big pile of garbage. <laughs> yeah, Jim hit it right on like with DiCaprio and Clint Eastwood. I was like, oh, here we go. This is go- I thought I was like, this is going to be DiCaprio's okay, crowning moment. <laughs> number one, I'm not a DiCaprio fan you, at Jim, all. I'm, I'm with Ron. I love and Leo. I like Leo. I love Leo. I bet I you do. But la, I, la, 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 la. but again that that movie to me but I've got an honorable mention as well Mystic River really, really? didn't care oh for oh my it. god didn't care man for you know it. what I totally Ooh. forgot about that though but I liked Mystic I, River I did Love not Mystic, really? like Mystic River now that's a one timer though like that yes, I can't, I can't watch handle I can't handle that movie but, and um, I would say that is one of Tim Robbins best movies ever I've seen no, I didn't care for it. Now, since you already went into it, uh, my out of yeah, the ordinary movie, order, out, of the out of the ordinary movie, but I loved it. But I felt like it was not typical of a directed Clint Eastwood movie, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. See, wow. and let me tell you, I saw that movie. I wasn't a big fan of it. I didn't know he directed it yeah. until <laughs> I looked up. But when, but looking movies. back on it, that. Can you agree that that does not have the typical fingerprint of Clint Eastwood? But that's what I was talking about earlier, following the rules of how to make a movie. Mm -hmm. They were like, all right, Clint, we need your name. 
but we need. But I love that art, movie. I thought it was fantastic. To follow what we want, mm-hmm. you know. So they probably had like an artistic, uh, like you know, mm-hmm. eye on set telling uh, Clint, like, okay, this is how we need it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a John Cusack fan. I'm a big Mark yeah, for like John, John Cusack, Cusack, and I'm sorry, call it for what you will. I'm a big Kevin Spacey Mark. I love I Kevin love Spacey. I love Kevin Spacey. I love his acting, um, and uh, I hate what he's going through right now. Yeah. I mean, if he did it, he deserves it, but right. no evidence has no been evidence. presented, so yeah. I don't I think know. But. Jim can see my the hamster running in my brain. I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I smelled smoke. Yeah, like you're right. Like even though Jersey Boys would, be, I mean, I forgot about Midnight in the Garden mm-hmm. of Good and Evil. Like that was totally man. So okay. it was so out of the ordinary for him. Yeah. But yeah, but that 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 goes to show like his following of the rules. Like yeah, yeah. he just he needed to do that to get to where he is today. Yeah. Uh, mine uh, that I didn't think was good was Flags of Our Fathers in really? Letters of Iwo Jima. <laughs> now, okay, I went I went to see these movies because I was like, all right, he's making two movies to show both sides. Sides, yeah. So I was like, that is pure Clint Eastwood. Yeah. yeah. Like he does not take sides. Right. Yeah. I mean, outside of movies. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right, right. That out. But outside of movies, in movies, he does not take sides because he wants to show everything. So, you know, in if you watch these movies, I kind of liked how, the you know, there wasn't a bad guy. There was disagreement. But I just thought there was a lot in these movies that were just like a lot of dead time. Like I was when I went and saw letters. To, I saw letters to Iwo Jima, and I was completely bored out of my mind. Even during the very beginning, where it was all in war, I was like, "They're they are talking way too much for bullets to be flying <laughs> yeah. everywhere." I'm like, you know, like when they get back and they're dealing with the whole, you know, they picked these mm-hmm. guys yeah. to you know be the representatives of the ones who raised the flag in the controversy yeah i was kind of in that but i was like oh my god they're just dealing with the stress <laughs> like all right yep <laughs> me i would have taken the credit and ran but like i came out of the war alive i'm gonna take this credit and run but and then letters of iwo jima it was all you know it was all in their language you know because mm-hmm. it was the other side which Mm-hmm. I dig. I can take subtitle movies, but most of the time, subtitle movies have to be kung fu movies. Of course. That way, yeah. there's not a whole lot is being said. There's been only one subtitle movie in history that I've ever really enjoyed. It was Hero. It Hero was with Jet Li. Exactly. Jet Li. Yeah, kung fu movies, I can totally yeah. take subtitles. I actually went to the theater to we watch did. The, yeah, we, we all, all did. went. We all and went. It was fantastic. All it. it was really good. Uh, but yeah, the it was the same thing, but on the other side. But, you know, on the other side, it was about the general, one of the generals of the Mm -hmm. Japanese army. So it was a different aspect. You know, it was a different con. It was a different conflict on this side than this side. I kind of like that. But it it was those two movies were just too boring for me to really get into for war movies. And my oddball movie was friggin' Space Cowboys. Like, I was like, you know, not only did I hate this movie, but I was like, don't be hating, man. But I was like, Clint in space. Base? What? Yeah, but dude, I mean, it was like uh, it was a Cold War uh, weapon thing that was failing, and I thought that played right into his. Okay, this is what I got out of Space Cowboys. Yes, failing satellite, falling from sky, needed to be stopped, or we all die. <laughs> and we're gonna get eighty-year-olds who worked on it to begin with, 
I didn't think we were all going to die, but I thought it was it was going to cause a lot of <laughs> yeah, catastrophe. Yeah, well, no, but, that, but they made it sound that dramatic. I was like, okay, it's a satellite. Catastrophic. Well, it was, it was a uh, Russian-built weapon that was going to kill a lot of Americans when it hit. And exactly. So, you know. But it was like, but they made it to be like but then they Armageddon. Had the, but they had all the drama where uh, <laughs> the Russians stole Clint Eastwood's character's uh, designs for that satellite, and there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff going on there, man. I don't know, man. I didn't get a lot. Of, I got you know, Keith Sutherland was a horn dog. Donald, in that, <laughs> Donald, oh, Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Donald yeah, Sutherland was a horn dog. James but I thought Garner. he played it well. <laughs> I thought James Garner played that role you see, and really to me, well. James Garner was like the grandpa of the group. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is. Okay, Tommy Lee Jones is cool in anything. I don't know. He's just got that cool vibe. Yeah. And then you got Clint Eastwood. And I'm like, Clint in space. That is, <laughs> mm, that gives a bad taste <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> just thinking Clint in space. Clint in space. I couldn't. Uh, uh, because of the many awards he has been nominated for and have won, do you think Clint Eastwood is one of the greatest directors of our time? Well, I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, the, just because the pure influence that he's had on other directors, mm-hmm. the changes that he's caused, and we see in new direct, new direction, um, and just because the boundaries he's pushed and crashed through. Well, let me since since we've kind of discussed on his influence yes. on directing. If you had a top five directors, would Clint is, would be in your top? Oh five? yeah, I said yeah. that earlier. I said he would probably be in my top three or four. Yeah, he would be in my. No, no. I'm really? with Brian. I would say he, I, I, he, he he'd be in my top ten. He would not even be in my fan. top ten. But really? 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 No, not in the top ten. No, man, because he, uh, you know, even though he is, he is probably one of the most influential, uh, b- one of the bravest directors. Yeah. His he, he he he's done too much drama. Yes. And it, it's it's like, okay, so he's won awards for directing drama he's like okay so it took me 13 dramas movies to win two awards from even though it's drama and that's all he's done and it's i'm like oh my god okay so audience out there what we're what i'm going to decipher for you is that all the great things that matt has said about clint eastwood just nullify them now <laughs> and we can move on no it's not nullified <laughs> now if you want to say now if you want to say i just don't think that makes him one of the greatest directors like i think he's i think changed i think he's changed the game but when i when i think of greatest director i think about movies i've enjoyed to like uh, like like Steven Spielberg, yes, or Chris Nolan. I have loved every single Chris Nolan film yes. ever come out. I haven't loved every yes, but the thing is, is what we were talking about earlier: the effect that his name has on the film. And you see a preview, mm-hmm. and it's like, eh, yeah, that could be all right. But then Clint Eastwood directed. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, I'm instantly mm-hmm. in, you know, and I'm going to give it a shot. And that to me, that that to me. At least demands top ten. At I don't know, least. man. He uh, when I when I think when I think about his direction and like like the greatness, I just think about what I have enjoyed. Like if I if I if you told me to pick top ten directors who have changed the game and will and would make a Hall of Fame, that would I would say yes. I think everybody would probably have Steven Spielberg number one. Well, <laughs> Steven Spielberg or. Um, Robert Zemeckis, like Robert Zemeckis, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. like I, you could probably, they, there's probably like, I, yeah, 
uh, what's his name? Who uh, Jade? Um, uh, I hate when I, my mind blanks. And You're not going to say Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Well, no, no, no. I don't like Woody okay. Allen. But you, I can see why people he yeah. would be one of the greatest because okay. he does something different than every director. I personally, there's probably one out of a hundred Woody Allen films. I can actually sit through, and yeah. that's Midnight. Uh, There's none that I can sit through. Midnight in Paris. If we ever did Paris. a Woody Allen episode, I would bash that all day nah, long. No, I, I, I don't think he's not. He's not really pop culture-ish enough no. for me. Uh, he's more of the artsy fartsy yes. side of movies. Yeah. But we'll save that for other podcasts. Y'all can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> but see, for, for me, I, I'm just thinking when I think greatest of all time. I think about what I've enjoyed more, and if I could t- take a handful of what he's done mm-hmm. with me to put in my top ten, I'm like, oh my god, I can think of ten other directors who have more than six movies that I think are freaking amazing and uh, are way ahead of what I've enjoyed more. Now, now, if you talk, if you want to say who changed the game for movies and directing for all time yes i think mm-hmm. bill, uh, I, I was about to say bill clinton <laughs> <laughs> clint eastwood Stop you can tell political. we're coming towards the end and yeah. i'm gonna get that a little tired uh but now clint eastwood <laughs> uh, he, i think he's totally changed the game and when we get to the, you know these last questions i could tell you more mm-hmm. in detail how uh, do you think there is ever or will be another actor or director like clint eastwood i think there absolutely could be another actor like him mm-hmm. absolutely i think there could be a, another director like him do i think anybody ever is going to match the length and quality of his career yeah. no i don't think so yeah i i think i think he's done the certain things that he's done <laughs> i i think i think somebody could come along and do and push boundaries and do things in a different way i don't think they're going to be you know come along and do it the same way he's done it Yeah, I'm hoping, and I could be totally wrong, and that's fine. I've been wrong a lot. You are wrong a lot. I am. uh, That's fine. But, like, I'm hoping, like, when Rylan and Steele and Gavin and Parker are older, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping they're still talking about Clint Eastwood. But I got to say, I think Bradley Cooper's on his way. I really do. Man. I think he's – I think he's – I don't – I want to see him succeed. Yeah, like, I I don't see him being, like, the acting part of Clint Eastwood. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't know. I think, I he's think Bradley talent. Cooper's got more depth in his acting. Okay. Than I enjoy Bradley do. Cooper's acting. I mean, because he's got <laughs> he's he can do the serious role, yeah. the drama, the I, action, uh, the, the comedy. comedy. He's got it all. I just man. I just he think can do that it all. He's the rom com. He's gonna he's yeah. gonna do the rom com. Like one of my favorite characters of his is Face in eighteen. Oh 18. my god! Oh. Yes. Yeah, I think that he is probably about the closest for me that I could see. Like in about 30, 40 years, our children going. Bradley Cooper, yeah. you know yeah. he's won this many awards. That's yeah. my opinion. Okay, I think, I think there's already a Clint Eastwood, and yes. and I got one. Okay, and I can't pronounce his name though, so I'm going to butcher his name. Okay, I think Alejandro in in Naruto, and is that the guy that directed uh, the Revenant? The Revenant. When I saw the Revenant, the entire movie, I was like, this is straight up Clint Eastwood. I am watching Clint Eastwood because there is a scene in that movie. Where it's just music and watching pines go like this. How many movies has he done? Several. Yeah, uh, but on. he's been nominated a few times. Mm-hmm. You would know a lot. Uh, will you pull up his yeah, list? Yeah, that's what and, I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, you would know a lot of his movies, but 
you know, not all of them are the same. I right. just thought rep when I saw the Revenant and I knew Clint Eastwood didn't do the movie, but when mm-hmm. I watched this movie, I was like, Oh my God, this is a straight up Clint yeah, Eastwood style movie. Revenant Birdman. He did the Birdman with Michael Keaton. I did not like that. And other than I that, like, like his other ones, like Babel, which actually was pretty good with Brad yeah, Pitt. Babel. See, yeah. that's another one. That's 21 a Grams. I thought was really good. That's an, that's an old, that's a Sean Penn and Naomi, but yeah, he's got some doozies under him. But when Revenant was his most recent. Yeah. And I could tell that he has taken those camera styles the acting and like the whole did, have you seen the movie Revenant no I okay well, I'm, I was about to straight up spoil it I'm just gonna <laughs> stop but when you when you watch this movie yeah totally watch it yeah it's good yeah, it's absolutely. an amazing it movie yeah. it's long but I, it, again I'm good with that I don't mind it as long as it's a good movie I'll tell you another reason I know you're not a big Leo but Tom Hardy's in it and he's a very yeah. great character yeah. I love movie. Tom Hardy yeah Tom Hardy is fantastic movie. um yeah, so Brian, do you think there's anybody? <laughs> was there anybody? Let's go question over here. Here we go. Oh. No, here, no, here, here we go. Brian, no. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Correct. Do you, do you know no in Spanish? <laughs> Can you at least say it different in, in a different language? You should look up uh, different languages. He knows languages bad step. No. Yeah. He knows bad step in Spanish. Malpaso. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about, uh, was it German? Niet. <laughs> <laughs> One one oh one 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 oh one 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 palindrone one one oh one 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 oh oh anybody got the Klingon Klingon for no sound like you're throwing up for no what what is the uh, most iconic role? We of talked this about it earlier, man. And I, we both are on the same you thing. Think just Harry, dirty, you think dirty, 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 dirty hair? Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, I, yeah, dirty I, hair. Yeah, I think the man would know. His name. most iconic roles when he retired. <laughs> All right. He ain't retired. Bro. All right. All right. He I want strong, like ninety-four years right? old. I want number three first. You want number three? Yes. If you met Mr. Eastwood, what would your first words be? Would you be on our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> And mine would be, can I please, be sick that day? Please. <laughs> and you would be what? I said, can I be sick that day? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think even at 88, <coughs> my first words would be like, Mr. Eastwood, how are you, sir? Because I think it's just still intimidating to me Like when yeah. I look at him. Yeah, see, and I would freeze in mid-stride. Like, you know, like, oh, my God, is that really clean Eastwood? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, quick. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But no, I would say, uh, I would like say one of my favorite, you know, uh, quotes like out of nowhere, kind of like when I first met Glenn Hansard for the first time, and I just yelled his name. <laughs> yeah, and I was, you know, like I just You're go. My, my brain goes in a different direction. <laughs> I'd probably just yell at him like, "Don ain't much eleven, boy." <laughs> um, quick thing that I just I uh, I thought about on the way over here. Um, when I was in grade school, I think it was about fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, somewhere around there. Um, one a cl- we had a class project. Uh, where, uh, of course, this you know this is eons before the internet and yeah. social media and everything, all that stuff, and so getting a hold of actors and actors communicating with the public was not as easy. Yeah. Um. So our teacher got a hold of uh, a list of actors and mailing addresses to mail letters, fan mail to them. I sat in class and wrote, and mom, mom will confirm this because. Her and dad freaked out when it showed up at the house. 
Um, I uh, we were looking at the list of uh, people we could write to as a fan. As a fan, I picked Clint Eastwood, That's and awesome. I wrote to him. And about two weeks later, I got a signed autograph picture from him in the mail, oh. um, along with a letter back from Clint Eastwood. That's cool. Really? And mom and dad freaked out. They were like. And you don't How have this you? anymore. Oh Lord, no! It got damaged. How dare you? I know, I know. I was that was in grade school. Actually, you know what? I bet you dad still has it. He ain't telling you. I think yeah, no, either right. dad kept it or mom. <laughs> mom might have it in in my grade school stuff because mom's got a collection of all our grade school I, stuff. I, I and guarantee we, you. We, one day when we're going through all that, we're probably going to find a bunch of that stuff. I guarantee you, it's in the abyss of dad's. Oh, I'm sure. Like it is. hoarding. I'm sure it's it in is. one of those like cabinets. Everything else sitting, of ours. It's sitting, yeah. It's sitting underneath, I, like sixteen. If it's there, I, if it's, it's there, sitting I will frame it on my wall because that is such a. I, I, it was an iconic memory of my childhood. I love it. I, I bet. Love I, it. I guarantee cool. you, he has it somewhere. Um, what what kind of pet <laughs> do you think he has at home? I, I I just imagine him having Clyde the orangutan hanging around. <laughs> with him. He's got an otter. He's got an otter. <laughs> I was going to say right here, like, do you think he's you know, got an otter? Yeah, he does. I think otters otters are too nice for Clint Eastwood. I can't see that. He would probably kill it and make like a jacket out of him. I, I think he'd also have an alligator pit hanging out somewhere in the Yeah, backyard. see, I can see that. See, I said something aggressive or with a funny face because those are the two things I associate You just described my Clint two East. things. I mean, uh, an alligator pit and Clyde the orangutan. Well, I mean, see, you know? Okay, see, I, I'm thinking more aggressive. Like, uh, like, I can see him with a school of piranha and an aquarium. <laughs> Like do hanging they, in this wall, and then he, he, you know, he goes to the. Do the they freezer. have laser Let's beams say, on their heads? Does they have sharks with laser beams? No, 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 no. Like a school of piranha, and then like he, you know what? He has that enjoyment. He'll go to the freezer and he'll get that big rack of ribs, and just <laughs> and throw then it bring in. in there, and then you throw it in, and they're tearing yeah. it apart, and then I see him go like. <laughs> like a big grin, like that makes. So him he's happy. what you're saying is he lives his life like an evil James Bond villain. Yes, like yeah. he take you know he take, but you know then when he goes outside and he's fake nice to everybody else. <laughs> or I see him having one of those lizards that has like the fake smile on their face. You know I can see him with either one of those, like but they're like polar opposites. But he's either got that lizard that's just like smiling all the time, or he's got a school of piranha. That's funny. What do you think, Ryan? Oh man, I think uh, his backyard is where they filmed Jurassic Park. <laughs> I, think, I think that's his backyard. Those are his pets. Yeah, and those are his pets. Yeah, I think he's got that's it. And Jurassic and World's his other residence. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, anybody got any closing thoughts about anything we didn't touch on, Brian? You want to express more about how you hate Clint Eastwood? <laughs> <laughs> Can you say it any I'm not trying to bash the guy. Oh here. come on! Haters gonna hate. Don't don't make it nice now. We all got where you're coming from with Clint Eastwood. Well, let's take it back. Okay, if you want me to bash him, then look, was there another person that'll be him? Yeah, they're gonna take his career, crumble it up, throw it on the ground, and say you used to be good. And oh, that's the gosh. end of the podcast. <laughs> and we're done. Roll tape. <laughs> well, uh, I would like to again plug the suicide hotline. Uh, the number is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. Remember that you're never alone. You have a million outlets. I know that in desperate moments, it feels like you are totally alone. We at all this table have all felt that at one time or still do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are totally mo- moments. You, you are a human being 
And those moments are going to come more than once. You just got to remember when at the moments you are not alone, those are the times you're really not alone. You just can't think logically about who to reach out to. We are offering us our, our podcast and our Facebook and our social media as a starting outlet for everybody. If you need that first step, we will reach out. If you reach out to us, we will reach back out to you to give you that encouragement Absolutely. to reach out to the suicide hotline. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say we're all Christians here and we will all take that first step uh, with you. We know everybody that's listening is not a Christian. Uh, we, you know, if if you're not... And you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be a Christian to reach out we're to not, us. We're not pushing that on you. We just, we're trying to tell you that you have value and uh, your life has meaning. And yes. we, you know, we want to work with you to help you find your way uh, whatever way that may be. It, every religion, every belief, it doesn't matter. You're not wrong. Uh, you are still a human being first. You have outlets. We are offering us as your first outlet if you need that encouragement. We all have we all we all know that y- your value. We don't need we don't have to meet you to know that you have value. We don't have to meet know you to know that you are worth saving. And, you know, we we want everybody listening to stick around. We want to, you know, create more escapes for you and talk about the, the important things like movies and wrestling. And we're, we're, music. Trying to, we're trying to create a movement of fun again. It seems like in this life that we're in right now, there's a little too much non fun going on. And we just want to bring the fun back, man. Like, yes. I mean, let's remember the times when we were kids and young and carefree and let's just let's have some more of that time we more. can't be that way all the time yeah but let's create more of those times yes. for our times in adulthood and i just i, I mean i'm gonna i'm turning 44 and um i, I still get kitty about you know i get I, I feel childish um you know feelings in me when i see movies and songs and mm-hmm. stuff like that but, you know, I go through down times too, man. I mean, things get tough and I need to reach out to someone and talk to someone. Yeah. And so, you know, if you need to, we will talk to you. We we don't have a staff of thousands of people on a phone, to, you know, no. to answer your call. We're human beings and we will reach out to you and start an open dialogue and talk to you as a human being, not as a script reader. Yes. So. Being a human is one of our biggest flaws. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, cause we, you know, you're never going to get it right. You're never going to have the right answer, but you have ways to, uh, work through the confusion, work through the dark. There is always dark, but with uh, the only reason there's dark, you know, there's light, there's light at the end of that tunnel. You just mm-hmm. can't find it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with the suicide hotline and with our, if you need our help, we will help you find that light. And as a human being, uh, just ne- just don't give up. It's easy to give up. You know, when you when you need that step, just reach out to us and we'll help you take that step. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we're going to take a we're going to take a little two week break. We uh, we're going to ha- have our vacations or trips. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to have uh, two weeks off um, and we're going to keep uh, the next episode as a surprise uh, for you. Um, you'll find out when we post. And then we will start back with the every other week. 
and uh, there were no contests, right? Yeah, we didn't have any. We've already mm. satisfied all the contests currently. Yeah. We're going to be bringing. We're going to we're reevaluating how we've been doing our uh, our contest. We're going to change that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're not going away because we want to. That's still. I think contests can be really fun, and we've got yeah. some really cool little trinkets to give away yes. too, man. So I, I, we want definitely want to bring that back, but we're going to try to do it in a different manner. Yes. So we have uh, we have collectibles. We have signed comics. We have big prizes. Yeah. We're, it's going to get big. Um, um, there's you need, you need to keep your eyes open and keep listening because there will be another Amazon gift card giveaway at some point. You just got to keep listening and watch absolutely. for that. And uh, make sure that you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're going to have an email, <laughs> uh, uh, an, an email, uh, sub, is it a subscription? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, an email subscription soon. Um, make sure you follow us. Uh, subscribe to rate our us. podcast. Rate, rate us. us. Um, and give you know. us feedback. Not just rate us, but give us feedback yes. with mm-hmm. that rating. And be truthful. Be honest. You know, yeah. what What do you don't like? What do you? What are you liking? What would you like to see more of? What topics would you like us to hit on? You know, every, any whatever f- criticism you want to offer, we're, we're game. We want to hear it. Absolutely. And we would like to thank everyone who is listening. Be sure to go back and listen to our other episodes if you haven't already. Uh, we have a lot of exciting episodes and skits planned for the future, and we really appreciate everyone who makes us a part of their day. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Ryan. I'm Brian. I'm Jim. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>